0: This
1: is episode two.
0: This episode is sponsored by Michael Murray's MindFX, Cutting edge mentalism for the modern performer. Visit mindfx.co.uk If superheroes had nail writers, it's the three mentalists walked into a podcast.
2: Hey, okay, welcome back to episode two of the Three Mentalist Walk Into A Podcast. Woo-hoo! Atlas here with uh, Luch and Candy. Are you How doing? How's you guys? Uh, How you guys do? Awesome. I mean, it's been a month now. How you oh, been? A whole month. It's been a great month. Has it been a good month? It's been a busy month.
3: Ooh, it's been a warm month as well. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. Dude. This <laughs> weather has been
2: terrible. Ah, uh, well, it's I'm been pretty- appalling. Nothing shy of appalling. Ooh, we've been in America. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> this would never happen in America. In America, <laughs> it is warmer. I'm just going to throw that out there. What, even Alaska?
3: Is it hot in Alaska?
2: Yeah, it's going to it's got to be hotter than here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the next episode. Thanks for joining us. In this episode, we've got loads of really exciting stuff
1: planned. Looch, what's your month been like? What have you been doing? It's been a busy, busy month, and it's been an expensive month. What? Uh Yeah, the Black Project's gone to print. Ooh! So it's now going through the rollers. It's all going through and should be ready very, very soon. That's Exciting, isn't it? Very what about, exciting. What about you, Atlas? What have you been doing? Yeah, I hate you so much.
2: <laughs> I, I, I know, I know what you. I know what you. Build. No, I don't get to talk about any of my successes, none of the personal good stuff. No, like so, I did, I did a gig for Halifax Bank the other day. Do you know what I mean? One great. I, I don't get to talk about that stuff. What do I get to talk about, Ken? So, what do I get to talk about,
3: Ken? Well, before we get into all about <laughs> Atlas time, a little quiet time for you, Atlas. Uh, let's talk about me. No, Atlas, this month. You had a... What happened to you, Atlas? What what did happen? Yeah, what did happen? Ken and Looch.
1: I think he's got something very important on in September.
0: Why don't you tell us more about that, Atlas? So this is what happened. I Uh, hate you both so bad. Like, why? uh, Why? What
2: possible justification could you have for that? As if it doesn't take enough of my time to drive here. (laughs) That's quite So, ladies
3: and gentlemen... This is what happened this month. It was a few days after re- after we recorded the last, the first episode of the Three Mentalists Walk into a podcast. I bet you were sat there wondering, how can we be worse friends? <laughs> and so I called up Luch and said, I've got this crazy idea. So between the two of us, for the last month, we've been giggling in the background like little schoolgirls. Little sissies. Little sissies. Because we decided it would be really good fun to get... Atlas on the phone and see how long he would speak to a complete lunatic
4: <laughs> with
3: the most ridiculous questions you've ever heard in your life. So, <clears throat> what it is, I called up my friend Jasper Blakely, who a lot of us know as Kokov and many of his other characters, and said, Jasper, please get on the phone, record the conversation, and uh, see how long you can keep Atlas on the phone. Throughout the episode we're gonna gonna keep coming back to this and I, it... I I hate
2: that this is even happening. Because what's about to happen is we're about to play this stupid recording. Yep. And you're just gonna cut back to it periodically. Because it goes forever. You have wasted so much of my time. Yeah, how long were you on the phone for? <laughs> like an hour and a half. <laughs>
4: Over an hour.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go with the call. Let's hear what no, happens. I don't I don't even want to press the button. I hate you. Boy.
5: Hello. Uh, hi. Is, it, is that at Atlas Brookings? Yep. Oh uh, hi. Uh, my name's Andy Briggs. I'm ringing from Aviva, the insurance company. I'm the CEO here. I'm just. Uh, I've been given your name by a friend uh, who says you do uh, like mind reading and stuff.
2: Mind reading?
5: Yeah, I do. Oh yeah, cool. No. Um, no. The reason I'm ringing, we've got a, we've got a. Well, it's like a 22nd and 23rd this of September. Like we've got the Grosvenor House Hotel. <laughs> We're looking for some entertainment. Um, but we're not sure quite what we're looking for. Yeah, we they're not quite yeah. sure if they want anything. Let's, let's, a jug play this out. I mean. let's
2: play this <laughs> out. I'm done. I'm done with this. I can't, even, I can't even
5: bear
3: to listen to it again. So uh, we'll leave that play in the background. We're going to come back to it throughout the episode and hear what, what Atlas is up to and uh, what Jasper's doing to keep him on the phone for such a very long time. It's been a good month. Thank you to Cockoff. Thank you very
2: much, Jasper. Let's, let's head into the very first feature. Hold on, before you before you leave, I just want the audience at home to listen and understand. You can't see the face I'm giving you, (laughs) but it's not a happy face, right? So just you have to imagine that this whole podcast is is me angry face, angry face, angry face Atlas, (laughs) angry Angry Atlas, angry Atlas, angry. Angry. You guys aren't even kind of repentant about this. He's He's like, like, it's for a bit.
1: He's a big angry bear. (laughs) He's a big angry bear. It's all right. We'll feed him a pizza in a second.
3: Ah, oh, and there's the copyright just then.
2: Yeah, exactly. I'm going to have to bleep that out. <laughs> well, we based on out. the last
1: episode, you had to bleep a lot of stuff out.
2: Yeah, we'll stop foul mouth swearing. We, and well, right, well, wasn't it? We, just, we, just, we upset a few people. Oh.
1: <laughs> beep. Beep. beep! 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 Beep!
2: Sorry. I'm going to have to edit all that out. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you know, that's gone. You guys are like, yeah, we're kind of counting on it. <laughs>
0: Mentalism taboo. Yeah,
2: you know what? I'm less excited for this section than I used to be because <laughs> I got hosed last time. You're like, you're never describing to me again. Because what? Can- <sighs> What Luce did was he just wrote jokes for you. And you would read the jokes and <laughs> laugh your ass off the entire time. Can I just
3: describe what and actually happened? I was like, ah, but I don't anything. Can I just describe what actually happened? Is, uh, as well as the things I had to describe on my cards. No, no, don't, Luke, don't describe anything that I'm going to have to edit out again. Luce, no, I'm not gonna Luce would write funny things on the cards as well, so I couldn't even speak. We have to make it funny. We have to do, well have to try and make it funny. Know, you know what's
2: not funny? <laughs> How I got done. Okay. <laughs> that's not funny.
1: Well, just to come back to that, bear in mind Atlas Brookings. Mm-hmm. Okay. You take Atlas Brookings' name, his, his initials AB. You reverse it It's BA. Yeah. That's branching anagram. It, it, this is Mr. Mr. That's why I
2: thought you were going with. Him. Yeah. Mr. G. This is
1: Mr. Atlas Brookings who can retain... Every single branching anagram in the world. Yeah. The guy that created train tracking. Yes. His mind's like a computer brain. Mm-hmm. Yet
2: when so comes, I, I like where you're going with this so far. Let's continue. Yeah. However,
1: <laughs> this is a guy that averaged four to five seconds before he even began to speak <laughs> and describe what was on the card. Whereas but, me and you, Ken, you know, the thickos that can't do branching anagrams. <laughs> yeah. It took us like one to two seconds before we started Start describing. Speaking. Yeah, right. but I, I think you tried be fair, to cheat. Oh
2: no, no, no. to to be fair, to be fair, to be real clear here. I'm translating all the time when I hear you yeah, anyway, because all I hear is Oh, would not be good," enough. and I'm, I'm like, "What? What did that mean?" This well, is, so this I'm is always, now turned I'm into like a second behind. This well, is in turned, America, a <laughs> this is in turned, America,
3: this has turned, turned into three mentalists argue on the podcast.
2: <laughs> right? I was I going to thought I could get so passionate about this stupid game. <laughs> okay, let's
3: play. So the first round of mentalism taboo. I've written a bunch of things on cards. Lich. <clears throat> You yes. are going to describe them to Atlas. Atlas, have we got a timer ready? How long
1: do we get? All oh, right, let me get Is it one minute, it's or two? A minute? Yeah, it's one. It is one minute. Okay. Uh, who really who am I describing I, to?
2: Atlas first. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so, yeah so you're, you're going to describe okay. Atlas. And do the, uh, yeah. Watch how good I do this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Are these your?
2: These are your cards. Though? Yeah. I've written these. Right. It should be. Yeah. It should, it should okay. be. Yeah. Watch how well I do this. Okay. You ready? I'm just antagonizing. I hope
1: you get these right. Remember, because you get the points each. Okay. Ready and go. Uh It does this power to the pupil. Warbrook. Boom. One point. Um, it's a really famous card trick that everyone does. Uh, out of this world? It makes, um, it's a special deck. It makes a card appear face down. You use oh. one of the words. Invisible deck, invisible deck. Oh, oh come, come on. Um, it, create, it created the serpent wallet, the Richie technique, a uh, yes. bald guy from Florida. Really tall mentalist. Chris, uh, um, back, uh, no, he's California. We'll uh, come back to that yeah. one. Um, it's a, uh, a, a mentalism routine to do with numbers uh, when you add things up. I had a, a number one. routine. routines. Uh, keep going. Another one. Uh, human equation, Mark Can Paul? you dig? Right, well, <laughs> okay. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's another mentalism technique where you do something in your pocket. Pocket right now. You oh, use the oh, word your pocket! Oh, come on, okay. you are um, killing me. America's got... Oh, he's just done it again. I can't see America's Got Talent. <laughs> no. He's screwing me. Um, it, it came up, It's a book on there and it's in a slipcover. It's um, part of the magic circle It was really high up It's behind you there's a book on there time oh. you scored what one point you can't write things like yeah you
0: added America's, America's Got Talent say. I did
3: mention this beforehand because you can if you, if you said Eric Dittleman hi
1: Eric um, you can't say America's Got Talent that's too easy yeah but I could say the guy who was on America's Got Talent the mentalist and he, would, and he would get it straight away. Yeah, but that's the whole point. We're not trying to make it impossible. Yeah, we
2: you are. You two. What did you get rid of? No, you no. You of... two have teamed up. This is collusion. You think <laughs> I don't see what's happening? <laughs> yeah. You have colluded.
3: How did that you get? That was the. Adult I thought he was Miami from
2: Texas. World. That's why you, when you said Florida, I was like, oh, well, it can't you be
1: him. You thought Doc Hilford was from Texas? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> if you listen to his voice.
1: Well, in yeah, America, but, Doc <laughs> Hiltford's from <laughs> Miami. Everyone <laughs> in
2: Texas is named Doc. Come on.
3: <laughs> How do we so, do? What was the score? Uh, you has got one point each for that. One I point. should get oh, the invisible. There you, you go. No, because you said the word invisible. When he invisible. could have said cards. No, he said the word deck. He said the word deck. Right. When yeah, when you fan out a deck of cards. Yeah.
2: but Okay, the fix is in. The only way I'm... He's screwing us. He is Kennedy. Kennedy you. I'm gonna I'm gonna say for every one of these cards, because what what are you you've written a load of words on the card that you can't say. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna add words to my cards that you can't say. Yeah. And the word the and a and of are gonna be on there. <laughs> I'm having mine now. No yeah. Alright, we'll come back to the game
3: in a little bit.
1: In a recent poll of Columbia Mentalists, we asked all three of them what is their most anticipated book of the year. They all said, well actually no, two of them said The Black Project, which is my uh, my new book which is going to be coming out very, very soon. The other one said... But anyways, if you are wanting to get a free chapter of The Black Project, then you only have to head over to www.theblackproject.co.uk, enter your email address, and a free chapter will be sent straight to you. Uh, you'll then be added to the emailing list, and we will let you know as soon as the book comes out ready for Pre-order. <laughs>
3: Since the last episode of the Three Mentalist Walking Over podcast, we've had lots of really lovely messages into the Facebook inbox and on Twitter at number3mentalist.com. Uh, so we, uh, one of them that I really want to address and speak to is Jerry K. dropped us a message with some really lovely feedback and, and, and uh, lovely uh, saying how much he enjoyed the podcast. Thanks very much for that. But I want to get to uh, Jerry's question. Basically, I want to summarize this. Guys, I'll just read this out to you and let you know about this. Jerry basically has seen somebody else performing an effect on YouTube. Okay. Or a video somewhere at least. And this person got an, a, an incredible big reaction from this effect. Right. So some kind of revelation or something like that. Without going into too many details about the effect he's talking about. He wants to know himself. How can he get those kind of big reactions from such an effect that you might see on television, on YouTube, those kind of things. Um, is that to do with scripting? He's asking, you know, how do you write a script to make that happen and get really get the most, he says, get the most juice out of like name revelations and things like that. Yeah, so sort of so maximizing, the, maximizing the
2: impact. The impact. Well, I, I, I think before any of the script is ever addressed, you have to choose the right person. You have to choose someone who's uh, open to being emotive in that way. You have to make sure that the environment and the timing of that effect is correct. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So there's 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 a number of of already levels to so you're this about, You're about context and framing for everything else yeah, around. Yeah, you, you, I mean, if I'm having a bad day, I don't want to... I'm not going to react the way that you're going to want me to react. Right, right. Um, but at the same time, it's it's a part of making them feel safe to react in that way. And, and, and so I, I'm saying environmentally, there's a few things that you've already got to work on.
3: Yeah, I have two things I want to say about this. One of them is about the way they film magic for TV or mentalism for TV and also on YouTube and any other those videos. What tends to happen for those kind of shows is they will film the same effect, the same trick, the same routine 20 times or something like that. And they'll film it over and over and over again until they get a massive reaction. And that's just about repetitions and about increasing their likelihood of getting that. And then they'll only air the best reaction oftentimes. So that's what will happen yeah. with the way they make television. Because they, they want you to feel that. Like, because we live, as a viewer, we live vicariously through those people who are reacting. We think, wow, they think it's amazing. So we think it's amazing. We feel
1: amazed as well. I suppose on stage, though, you only have that one shot. You only have one shot to do Yeah, and I think that's where you're, you're scripting, you're staging. But it's also your timing. Okay. Do you know, I think if you. With a revelation, depending on whatever the method is, it's very difficult to, unless we see the, the specific thing that Jerry was referencing. Let, I, I think
3: what he was referencing, um, I can sort of talk about it a little bit, is somebody thought of a name of somebody, they wrote it down on a. Whatever. So there's, there's
1: your compromise. So obviously that has to occur in order for you to, to get the name. The information. Unless he's are going to do this pre show and things like that. Or whatever it's going to be. Um, but then, you know, it's, it's about not putting much refer- um, impact on, on that. And then being able to sort of move away from that and and, and build it up into something what's utterly impossible. Because I think uh, if you build that suspense um, and really sort of point out how impossible this thing is and you take them through a range of emotions, I remember doing something where I built this thing up and up and up and up and just as I was about to reveal it, I made or I certainly suggested that this had gone wrong. And instantly deflated things and they were like, oh no, no, no. And then you do the reveal and it brought them back up almost twice as, Twice as yeah, powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, often, that's one thing. You know. After the revelations,
3: I will. I, I kind of do a graph and I'm going to be doing some lectures and stuff and talks about this. I might even put a thing out or whatever. But about a, a graph of, of the attention and the theatre. So like you, you drop it right down before you reveal it. Yeah. One of the things um, that I've done that I did recently, I was on a, actually was on a cruise ship, and one of the one of the bartenders came over to me and said, oh, "You're the mind reader. We've heard great things about your show. We don't get to see it because we're working. Could you read my mind?" And I and I sort of put him off and put him off as much as I could because I want to make sure he really wants to see it. I don't want anybody who's just thinks when they come up to you they say, "Oh, can you read my mind?" They just do, they're just saying that because. They don't really know what else to say to you. It's the only thing they can think of. I wanted to make sure he genuinely wanted to see something. And it turned out he did. And he said, in fact, if you do so, um, I'll get you some free drinks at the bar, which never happens on a cruise ship if you've ever been on one. So I said to him, okay. And I thought, how could I make sure this is really going to get the best reaction possible? And I literally just said this in the moment. I didn't plan this. I didn't sit and script it. So we go back to that whole thing we were talking about in other sections of the podcast about just getting out there and doing things and finding your way, finding your voice and finding the ways that work for you. What I did is I said to him, okay, I can only I can read your mind, but I can only reveal one specific thought. And I can only reveal, and it really is only gonna be one thought. So can you tell me for you what is gonna be the most impressive thing I could tell you and reveal about yourself? Obviously you don't tell me the answer, but for example, if you're thinking of if the most impressive thing you can think of would be your mum's name, just say I want you to work out my mum's name. So what would that be? And he turned to me and he said, the most impressive thing you could tell me would be my my career, my job. And I said, obviously you're a waiter now, but you're talking about whatever your career is outside of this and what. Mm. You. He said yes. So I uh, I asked him to, to to scribble it onto a piece of card and put the piece of card in his pocket, and I went through a process that allowed me to then reveal to him that he used to be a photographer. Hmm. His jaw dropped to the floor. He couldn't buy me those drinks fast enough. It was probably the best reaction I've ever had from a one-to-one revelation. Hmm. And I put that down to, and this is just conjecture, this is just theory, but I think it's because I didn't say to him, okay, think about your first kiss or think about your mum's name or whatever, because I don't know how important those bits of information are to him. But if I ask him what for you is the most important piece of information or the most impressive piece of information for me to work out about you and he gives me the category, he's already decided that that will be impressive. And therefore when I reveal it when I'm successful, he, he's got no
1: choice for, to be impressed. I have a very quick concept that you, know, some, you might find a little bit out there, a little bit weird. Okay. And that is to do it like a piece of music. All right. So I don't know if you ever listen to things like you know, classical music or even something what's modern like Einhoudi. I don't know if you've ever heard of... Um, I've never Victorian heard of guy. Okay. Fantastic guy. Um, Ludovico Einhoudi. Oh, okay. Good to look into. You'll know some of his music because he'll put it on adverts and things like okay. that. Okay. But if you listen to a piece of music that you like and you listen to bits that go fast, bits that go slow and calm and then build and build into something that's really energetic and sort of dramatic and, and sort of think of a routine that you could almost do in the same
2: kind of... That's uh, a
1: really clever way of pulling a structure together, thing. isn't
2: that? <laughs> it, it, it is. Honestly, um, I, I kind of view effects like clothes. It's not one size fits all. You have to match your effect to the person, and it has to be the right effect for the right person at the right time to get these big reactions. Now, as, as far as... as to,
3: to, oh, I want to just close, get clarification here. Are you talking about the right effect
2: for the right spectator or the right performer here? I'm talking about, well, if for for both, you have to be able to competently perform and deliver the effect, but you need to make sure that it's the right bit. Almost going back to what I, I talked about elsewhere in the podcast is uh, pick the right person for that bit. And I think I think that's such a big key because you're setting yourself up for success or failure based on how well you've information gathered and how well you've done your legwork how well you've created the pretext and the context of what's about to happen and then if you want scripting scripting is is massive towards helping you be able to actually succeed in what you really want to achieve it's not going to work if your words are fumbling all over and falling do you know what i mean you're saying the wrong yeah. thing or the, the wrong word is chosen words are evocative they're powerful mm-hmm. you you need to i think get them if you're going to do this for specifically for a name first of all make sure you've got the right person then get them to think of someone they care about. It has to be someone that they're inherently going to feel um, emotionally attached to. there has got to be someone they care about. Otherwise, this is pointless. Uh, then they have to think about an experience with that person or the last time that they saw them. And really get them to anchor into those feelings and draw from them feelings. And take that. Take a minute. Just breathe in. Close your eyes and relax. And remember the last time you saw this person. Think about how important they are to you. And just say their name again and again and again. And as you you do this, your script is now going from think of someone's name, okay, bang, to think of someone's name. Think about how you feel towards them. Think about the last time you saw them. And take a moment and really, really consider the importance of that person in your life. And now, when the reveal happens, you've scripted it in such a way that it's going to be that OMG moment that you really want to have
3: because you've almost revealed the entire emotion. You've got of built the emotion up, and then you've taken the cap off. It exactly, it, a, it becomes it's like it's go. like
2: shaking up a can of soda and then you know yeah. pl- flipping the the cork on it. The, the point yeah. is that you've given yourself every chance to succeed. You've set up the the right situation and the environment. You've chosen the right person. You've made sure that you have the right effect for that person, and then you have a script that's geared towards letting you be as close to successful in achieving what the end goal here is as you visualize it as possible and then you pull the trigger on it so there's kind of two bits to that one
3: of them my brain first of all went well i have my set i can't change my set to adjust to the person i get up I've heard people talk about that. I don't believe that they really do that or they work very often. I've heard people say, well, actually, my, my set's completely fluid and depending on whom I get up depends on what I do with them.
2: I'm not sure I believe I, that. I, I, because... couldn't, I couldn't do that. But no, I do but, believe that you can, again, choose the right person for the people. I was about to say
3: that, yeah. So if, you're, if your stuff, if your material's fixed, it's about going back to what you were saying. It's about choosing the right person yeah. and being able to do that.
2: Absolutely. So there was a second part to, uh, to Jerry's question, wasn't there?
3: Um, it was about, uh, about scripting things imp pads and, and yeah he wanted to, yeah Jerry wants some, some additional information about advice on using imp pads
2: uh, any insights that we, that we might
3: I, have I would
2: say honestly the less heat you put on that pad and the more time you spend away from it the better you are so if, if, if your peak is an instantaneous peak take some time and, and put some real distance between the moment that thing was drawn and your revelation, and and really put on the acting. Now, if your peak isn't an instantaneous peak, leave the pad there. Don't go straight back to it. Don't get your peak yet, or, or, or whatever your peak is. Don't get it yet. Start to read this person. Start to reveal information, and start to really go into it, and then get your peak, and go from the broad and the general to the to the very specific. And that's how I think you can... Because again, they're props. You want to take any heat off of them, right? And, and it's, I think it's that's like the, the thing way you... they've
3: written down might be one word, for example. Yeah, but, every, but what you reveal is so much more than that. I'm, actually, going back to the story yeah. I just told you about the, about the barman who came over, I was actually I'm going to name drop here one of my favourite magicians because uh, I was sitting with Mel Mellers, the comedy magician from the UK yeah. uh, at the time. One of the things Mel said to me afterwards is what I really liked about the way you did that is that I revealed information about this guy before he wrote anything down, before I peaked it, before anything. So I sort of... And I didn't really do it as consciously, it's just but, the but way that I do brilliant
2: think. because... The drawing or the writing becomes incidental because yes. you were going before he ever did that.
3: Exactly, and I say, you know, I'll basically get. I got part way through, and I said, you know what? I just want to make sure that I'm getting part way through now. And I don't want you just to change your mind at this last minute because I'm I'm already kind of committed. Will you just write down this piece of information? It's almost like I've committed. You
2: should commit too. Yeah, that's such a good lie because I've almost already kind of committed. And again, you get to the scripting part of it, and this is what we're talking about. Your script. That's obviously a pat line that's there to guarantee the success of what you want to do. Of course, of course. So I think you're right, you're just kind of getting... Them. And what about best practices?
3: Have you got any, like... I know, Luke, you've got a lot of experience with impads and stuff. I don't have a great deal. Uh, he, he's not really asking about peaks, he really is talking about impression devices and things like this.
1: Best practice? Advice? Well, it's almost like... Um, it's almost like it's an afterthought. And what I mean by that is you, you do the routine, you get them to think of something... And for whatever reason, you're you know what? Just write this down. OK, so it's set up the routine for whatever you're doing that they are to think of this word or they are to think of this thought and you start to reveal it. But then, you know, you may have problems with that reveal. You may not quite be able to get them right and they aren't focusing on this thought quite as you want them to in order for you to be able to successfully reveal it. So then you go, you know what, in fact, you know what? this might work better if you visualise this or if you really concentrate on this. In fact, just write this down, really focus on it as you're writing it down, um, and then you've sort of like changed it up a little bit, mm. But for everyone else, it's like, well, you know, that would have worked with someone else without them having to even write it down. But he had to write it down because he wasn't quite, wasn't getting, quite it. getting it. Yeah. That kind of
3: reminds me of something. I just want to maybe, you'll, maybe you like this. This is again a, a, an example of me just being in the moment, thinking I have to make this work. So I had somebody write something down. It's a long time ago now, but I would actually totally forgotten this had happened. I do the, I do a tear, um, and uh, I've picked the information, but I can't read it. Okay. yep. Okay. So I've destroyed it now, and so I'm thinking I've got to reveal it because there's a lot of attention on this moment now because they expect they've got high expectations, and if I get it wrong or I, I mean I literally couldn't read what they I didn't even know if it was a J or a T or you know it was literally I just didn't know it was an <coughs> I or an L I just didn't know anything I could I really couldn't save it. So what I came up with to sort of wriggle my way out of it was I said I said to them focus on it and try and send it to me, and I said you know. What's your, what's, what's your star sign, do you believe in those kind of things and she said something, you know, Virgo for example I said, okay that makes sense because you've got a really good imagination but you're not really good at sending information um, I want you to um, let this what's your star sign to the lady next to her and, I, and she said she was Sagittarius for example I said, I think you might be better at this I'll tell you what, if you write down what your, your what, what your information is again so I'll have her write it down again because my excuse for her writing it down again is sometimes she can show the Sagittarius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll say, have you shown her that? Great, now we don't need
1: that anymore. And I just did two tears yep. in a row. Now, I, I can completely understand that. Uh, and I'm going to I want to share with you something very similar mm-hmm. that happened to me about two years ago at a stately hall. Um, I, again, looked at my impression. I got nothing. I couldn't <laughs> read it. Yeah. And I thought, what am I going to do? Because I've built this up. Yeah. This is not a routine that I've um, not, not been specific. It's clearly you focus on a thought and I'm going to reveal it. And ooh, now i have it. Now i What am I yeah. going to do? Uh, and I remember having a book test on me. I had the, the area on me. Uh, and I said, you know, they say two thoughts and two minds are better than one. So let's do this two at a time. Brilliant. So I said, you focus on your thought. In fact, we've got a book here. You just focus on a word. Any word, just choose a word. Make it long and challenging. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, and then I, I turned and I said, can you visualize this word? Uh, Oh, this thought no well let me work with you first and then I changed it over to the person who's got the the word in the book and then I went back and forth I brought two business cards out and I knew at this point what word they were thinking with the business card but I addressed the person who uh, I got the failed impression with okay so you know the person I know the the word from the book word from the book you know I have no idea what's on the impression pad okay but I turned to the person who writes down the word uh, the thought on the impression pad yeah and I get I think it was a drawing I think it was a drawing but what I do is thought, well, it's going to be obvious if I'm writing something as opposed to drawing it. So I said, "I'm not very good at drawing, so I'm going to write down what I think is the image that you're visualizing. Yeah. And I turned and I wrote down the word. That he's thinking of in the book, in the book yeah. but I don't show anyone, so I keep it close to me. And I placed it down on the table and I said, "Look, I'm committed. What's the word that you're? Um, sorry, what's the image that you were focusing on?" And she said, "I can't really a she sun a, for, example. for some reason. I think it was a well, okay, you know, like a wishing well." Yeah, yeah. And that's I said, "Fair enough." I said, "I wouldn't be to draw one of those. I'm very, you know, I'm rubbish at that, but that's why I had to write down what I thought you would be getting. Now I don't want to ruin it just yet because we said we're going to do two at a time, so I want to focus on your word now. Before you even say your word, I've got an idea that I've got in mind what I think it might be. Now, just before you do that, just say whatever it was. I I got them to focus on it a little bit more. I then wrote down well. Yes. Okay. And I laid that down. I longed it out a bit to suggest that I was writing something longer and placed them down. Yeah. And I said, now, bearing in mind, I've placed it down before you've even said this word. Okay. For the first time, what is the word you're thinking of? And it was whatever it was in there as I picked the cards up I purposely dropped them up I purposely dropped one of them on the floor uh-huh. so I scooped them off the table one dropped so straight away the order's messed up Yeah. in case anyone was following for which order I put it nice on then Absolutely. picked it up yeah. I handed it up I said don't know which one's which you were thinking of a wishing well <laughs> Turn it around wishing it says well, well. I and mean, in man I wrote this down before you even named it. what's the word and you said it was uh, air sickness or something like that Turn it around air sickness boom brought it back fantastic and it's because so that's, of a fail so you, that's, yeah.
2: that's very nice I, I did um, just the other day Uh, an impression where I had uh, the first the first drawing was an umbrella um, and the second drawing I hadn't cleared the imp device Oh! and so I now have a mangled tip
3: number one when using them remember to clean the bloody thing clear clear your imp device
2: (laughs) but I had a mangled thing that I could sort of see the bottom of was an oval shape and the first person I had had gone through a very nice verbal um, sort of system where I watched them and, and asked them questions and talked to them and then told them what I, you know, what I thought it was. Yeah. So that was very nice. But this one, I had a shape and I had a hunch. And I thought, this looks like an oval with maybe dots in. This could be a watermelon or a strawberry or something like that. And so I said, right, let's do this one differently. This time you're not going to say anything. I'm not going to ask you any questions. And I took a wrist and I said, I want you not to draw it again, but to imagine what it felt like to draw it just a moment ago. And I got the shape. And now, because I'm doing something different, I'm, I'm always going to be right yeah. Because at least the shape is correct, yeah. and then I said, "Now think of a color that you would associate with the, With this, this is—is is this red? Yes, it, it is. But there's also there's also another color. Yeah, say for me: blue, yellow, green, white, green. There's green. There's green up at the top part. Yeah, and and she's saying yes. And so now I know my hunch is confirmed. Yeah, and it, and it is a strawberry. So I think if you if you're doing stuff with in there's nothing wrong with changing up your presentation. To again, moving with the flow of what actually happens in performance to change it and and uh, ostensibly demonstrate another skill. Hmm. But it's it's really just the same effect. Now, worst case scenario, if it hadn't been a strawberry, the second I made that shape with her arm... You would have felt that resistance. Her, 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 her hand went to her face, and, and she was already convinced. That you were there. that yeah. I'd that like I to I issue
3: would... a challenge, really. I'd like to issue the challenge to all of our listeners that next time it all goes pear-shaped... Right. Next time it all goes pear-shaped. Send us in, let us know. Yeah, send us and let us know. But also just commit to yourself that you're not gonna just say, Oh, I'm sorry it's gone wrong. No. See how far you can go and let us know what you do to get out of it. And if yeah. it fails still, because you have let to take know. a guess.
1: Because we'll all learn from the failures We'll all
3: massively learn from the successes and the failures. And remember, you can tweet us at Three Mentalists and you can find us on Facebook, the at th- uh, Three Mentalist Walked Into a podcast. Wow, that was a great. I really, that was brilliant. That yeah, was some serious, yeah, that, serious info. And, and that was yeah, that was all because thank of a question. Because of a question. Was, uh, so thank you, thank uh, you uh, Jerry, Ger- for for interacting with Thank you, Jerry. It's it really good to have you. Thanks. Woo.
0: This episode is sponsored by Michael Murray's MindFX, cutting-edge mentalism for the modern performer. Visit mindfx.co.uk. Tales from the trenches.
2: Right. So, uh, Kennedy, apart from harassing me yeah. this uh, month, what, what have you been up to? I mean, what, what's your, what's your sort of, what stands out to you? Um, well, this is not, I, I haven't got really anything that stand out this
3: month. I've been doing a lot of sort of businessy bits. No, no, no. I, I said, come with something to entertain me. Yeah, yeah, if you don't, if but, you don't entertain me now. <laughs> right. But I thought what I was thinking about was something that happened to me long time, a long, long time ago. Um, Back in the dark ages. I don't know how old I was when this happened. And I, I can't even believe I'm going to tell you this. But here, here please don't judge me. Is
1: this uh, the, the story? This is the story. So, wait, are, you, are you now, now
2: going to claim that times have changed and you've changed with them and you're a wiser, oh, I, I, better, sorry, more sorry, mature when you, man? When, when you hear
3: the story, you'll realize how much I've changed. I can tell you that. So I think it was uh, nine or ten years ago. Something like that. Okay. And uh, I got a phone call to go and. And perform a show at one of the really nice, sort of five star resorts somewhere in either Greece or Spain or somewhere like that. And so, I
2: bet it was a Wimpy's. It probably was. (laughs) It was was a little chef. No, it was a Pontins or a Yeah, 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 yeah. Were you on a European tour? I was was on a
3: European tour. Yeah, yeah, because England's in Europe, right? (laughs) <laughs> so so off I go and, and because of the way that I do things I'm, and I'm a bit I'm not very good at being when I'm disorganized I get stressed so what I always do is I always reset my show after I've done the show so when my show finishes when I get back home after that show I'll reset everything so if anything needs to be written or any predictions and stuff I'll reset so that means that like in this situation if a phone call comes in I can just pick up my case and and I can leave. So this was one of those situations. They'd been let down by their entertainment. Or someone couldn't do it. Something happened and I had to go and do it.
2: Are you sure that uh, they weren't let down by their entertainment after you have <laughs> <Yeah>. been
3: there? <laughs> yeah, they were definitely. Well,
2: <laughs> you can be the judge. So I got there and I'm, I'm doing this
3: routine that I do called Primal Prediction. Which I've shared with the community yeah, a it's few good. years
2: it's, ago. It's a good routine. I'll
3: I love it. Thank you. You're very kind. So I'm doing this routine. And one of the things that I have to do for this routine is I have to know what someone in the audience is wearing. So I, I peek through the curtains, and I see a person sitting in the front row, this lovely-looking lady, you know, Hold on,
2: sorry, not to interrupt you, but, yep. um, but going it, back to one of those underused mentalism principles. principles, stalking, remember? That's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, another yeah, way to yeah, find yeah. out what people are wearing. What people are wearing, and right? That's, that's
3: an episode one callback for right, all you yeah. listeners. Oh, yeah, yeah. So so I, I peek through the curtain, and I see what this lady's wearing, and I write it in my prediction. So I write down she's wearing a black sparkly dress and maybe red shoes, whatever she was wearing, I can't remember. Like Dorothy yeah, right, yeah, like <laughs> Dorothy. So, and I put that into the envelope, which I think I'm going to make her choose. I've got three coloured envelopes, because I'm doing a routine about the perception of colour. I've got a red one, a blue one, a green one. I put it into, let's say, the blue one, put it in my pocket. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome that mind reader guy, Kennedy. And on I walk, everything, everyone's clapping up, uh, you know, appropriately. And I'm thinking, my first routine here is about the perception of colour. So I have a, a, a way of selecting somebody so it looks random... And, but I end up choosing the lady whose description I've written in the envelope. I choose the lady. I say, "Madam, will you come and come stand up and come and join me on the stage?" And I'm about to do a routine about the perception of colour. <coughs> and so her husband has to help her on stage because
1: she's blind. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Which is not, this is
3: just and like
1: is not just colour blind. No, no, no. Proper, proper blind. Like
2: proper, like can't see. So this is. It? You literally have visual props. You have, how did you not know that this lady was blind? I know. Well, you were too busy looking at the dress and like writing the description like of the lady that's, that you missed the giant sunglasses. Maybe you didn't even
1: know what color dress she had on <laughs> or shoes. Right. And you pulled her up. Something. <laughs> oh, it's no. okay. Just
3: be a professional. Be polite. Be a gentleman about it. But you know, because I was only young. I thought I can play the whole young bit. So I get her up on stage, and she's standing to my left, and. I said to her, OK, I'm thinking, right, I'll change the the, the, the the presentation, the script, from being about the colours we see to the, the way that we feel about colours. I thought, mm. OK, well, we have, some people say we, we feel red hot, and some yeah, people say... and emotive. Absolutely, so. whereas some people might say, um, I'm having a bit of a blue day, or I'm green with envy. So yeah. I thought, that, that's fine, I'm getting through this, this is OK. No one's noticed that I'm absolutely terrified, and I'm, I'm way out of my depth and experience here, which I was. So... I say to the woman, "Which one would you like?" She picks an picks an envelope, and she says, "For example, the blue one." And I hand her the blue. One, I say, "Pop your hand out, here, grab a hold of that for me. I'll come back to it." Now, at the time, the way I was doing the routine is the the one that she chose contained a description of her because I peeked through the curtain. The other two are ready and set with comedy descriptions of comedy people. So I opened up the first one, which was wait, the wait, red what, one. what do you mean comedy
2: descriptions so of comedy desc- people? Like outlandish, zany people that you would never see or meet in real life, is yes, that what you mean? exactly. So, well, I would,
3: okay. so I open up the first one, so I'd say the red one, because she's chosen the blue one. I open up the red one it says, a really tall man with a really big beard. And I'm like, oh, well, that's definitely not you, madam. I scramble up the ball of paper and throw it off stage. Mm-hmm. I So I've got this lady. Now, bear in mind, she's also really short. This lady, she's probably, I don't know, four-something. Like oh, really, really short. Thing. Really, really short. Like an Ewok. <laughs> I'm not sure if she was an Ewok. Oh, but she was, comp- remember, she's blind and I'm terrified because I don't know what I'm doing. And also, she's really, really short. Yeah. I open up the second comedy prediction and I look down at what I'd written. Now, bear in mind, I preset this before I left the UK, probably a few days beforehand so between for- gigs. Have you forgotten I'd what forgotten you've what I'd forgotten what I'd written inside. And <laughs> so I wait, a- you've
2: created... Some outlandish, buffoonish character, and you've, you're now about to open it and remember. Well, this is what happened. I opened it up, and I read, and I looked at the words on the
3: page, and I'd written, a wonky eyed midget. <laughs> This woman's blind <laughs> and about four foot tall, and she's standing next to me. And so I did the. Oh, and you can't and now. You can't look at it and say, "Well, that's definitely not you, man," <laughs> because Are the human that probably describes her better than
2: what I've written the ones she's <laughs> So. So well, obviously, did. you've got to be a professional now you've because you can't you can't do that. You like oh, all- two out of the three envelopes. <laughs> <describe you." laughs> so some to, better than this others. Is, this is a multiple
3: hour routine. <laughs> it is now. It's so it's so it's so. So what I did oh is I came up with a new method, which was well, I just thought I'll say something else because she can't verify any different
4: anyway. <laughs> That's
3: so quite you, insensitive. Isn't it? You misread. I misread the whole, the whole thing. I say, "Oh, a taller man with a big beard," and then because I'm all flustered, I throw it off the stage
2: because I'm all flustered into I'm, her husband's lap, and he opened it up.
3: No, no,
1: no, <laughs> he was like, "Hey, wait a minute." And was he the husband? A taller man, a with, a tall beard? man with a beard.
3: <laughs> that just but, then, but then to get out of it, but then I'm so flustered, I turn to her and say, "Open up yours and read out what it says." <laughs> She's blind! (laughs) (laughs) That was the worst gig of my life. That was the best gig of your life. (laughs) So, I mean, we just got got through it and that closed the show. I'm just amazed.
2: You you literally kept composure up to that point and that's when you decide to blow it. It's on the finale. You're like, here, I've forgotten you're blind now. It's totally driven every other decision I've made up to this point. But now... You,
1: You can't end. The story on that. What, what? What happened? So I
3: just went, oh, I'll grab that for you, and I just sort of grabbed it, read it out, said, "A nice lady wearing this, 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 and this," yeah. and give her a big round of applause. Off she went. I continued with the show, and those who stayed till the end quite enjoyed <laughs> it.
1: All three of them.
2: All those three who, of those them. who stayed. Till the end. You raise a good point, though, and, and I know Luch and I have run into um, these situations in the past before. Where <laughs> you go, you go to do your gig, and there's someone that's blind. And that's part of why. I am a big fan of anagrams. Is they can participate, they can do a lot of things with you anyway, mm, mm, um, mm. and and there's no sense of exclusion. There's no sense of hesitation, or you know, they don't ever get the sense that. You weren't 100% ready and prepared to. to I think a lot of people have got stories as well. Perform. A lot
3: of people have got stories around, you know, I got somebody to stand up and they were in a wheelchair. You hear that a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we all have those things yeah. and they're going to happen. And if they haven't happened to you yet, then the more gears you do, the more, <laughs> more chance you've got of it happening. You have to, I mean, my whole thing is just stay professional. Think, what do I really What's the right thing to do in this situation? And you have to do it. There's okay, I think it's probably about time. Before we get too deep and serious, I think, uh, and before we get any further on this, let's go and check out where we at with Atlas no, and St. is on. still is on it? the phone to Jasper. Is for, is oh.
5: for adults.
3: No, no, it's just
5: for adults. Can you, you take your clothes off? I, I'm not sure whether this is really I, I may have misunderstood this. It doesn't sound very suitable for a you know a big black tie event. Is that yeah, i right, What, that, what yeah.
1: wasn't suitable for a black tie event, Atlas? Yeah, it's not it's not what, important. Just what really. happened? I think it's very important.
2: What wasn't suitable? You know what? Let's let's go ahead and cut <laughs> Right. Well, uh, you know, sometimes you surf on the internet. You find something a little bit funny. I'm going to give a free tip to all the mentalists out there. If you are performing, if you want to perform professionally, take some time to proofread and double-check your ad copy. I came across (laughs) this absolutely brilliant, brilliant description in an about section of someone's Facebook page. Now, I'm not going to name them. Uh, We'll call them Joe Mentalism. All right? But here we go. It says... An incomparable showman, a powerful motivational speaker, and a masterful psychic entertainer, Joe Mentalism. Too short to make your next event unforgettable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too short.
3: Yeah, too he, short to make your next event.
2: Is it be sure? Well, it's, it's probably is sure to make your next event unforgettable. But I don't. It just came out somehow. Joe Mentalism, too short to make your next event unforgettable. I wonder if he's got a wonky eye as well. (laughs) (laughs) The the problem is, I mean, it it changes the the meaning of the whole blurb completely. Joe Mentalism is sure to make your next event unforgettable, or too short to make your next event unforgettable. It's hilarious, and it's, it's one of those things where you just look at it and think, ah, poor guy, someone should tell him. So Joe Mentalism... Consider yourself told, buddy. Mystery of the month.
3: Oh, how very mysterious. Unlike oh, sound effects from loot, the mystery of the month this month is a bit more of a serious mystery. And that—that that is, are there only 13 steps to mentalism? Corinda released what many people see as the Bible of mentalism being only 13 steps... But are there more than 13 steps? That's a question. Well, oh, is that your mysterious voice, Looch? This
1: is the mysterious voice <laughs> of Looch. Or <laughs> Luke, as you call me. Last episode, this episode, I'm luke Yes, you are. And you're clueless, too. Thanks. Because everyone knows that there is more than 13 steps. Okay. There was actually a 14th step written. Now this is this is this is urban legend. Yeah. They say that. However, I happen to know who owns the rights to the fourteenth step. And that's what I'm gonna say. Oh really? You're not yeah. gonna tell us. Yeah, I was to ask I was told in secrecy a number of years ago that there was a fourteenth step. And do you know market. what it is? No, I don't know what it is, what it contains I think it did might have been Did be, you not ask? Yeah, but they were very, very sort of tight-lipped about things, and I kind of got the feeling that it was stuff that didn't get into the the original thirteen steps. No, what was then going to be <laughs> Obviously. Obviously, yeah, obviously. obviously. <laughs> but I, in in the regards to that, things were written and they got took out, and then they were going to make a follow-up fourteen step okay. and make it fit. Okay,
2: right, okay. So, what would you? I mean, what could it be? Let's try and solve the well, mystery. I, I think I think there's lots of techniques that are around now that weren't around in his or that didn't really receive a proper chance obviously i would argue branching anagrams of course is um, mm-hmm. as, as a, a type of 14th step dual reality
3: yeah i mean maybe 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 if you go above branching anagrams maybe like more like logic puzzles type yeah, things because so, you do that nice thing which is like a logic it's not a logic puzzle but yeah, it's almost yeah. based on a logic puzzle
2: yeah there's there's a lot of techniques that do feed into some complex work that aren't really covered in the 13 steps. Mm-hmm. Even, even to some extent, um, some math tricks, some math effects. Yeah. Yes, I, I think it could be math tricks, actually.
3: It could be, because they don't have a section on mathematical tricks. Do they? Well, they do, they do. day m- 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 oh, there's days, mental days. stunts. Yeah there's, yeah, there's mental
1: stunts. And, and mnemonics m- and things like that. Yeah, but it's not maths. Remember. No. That's interesting. But yeah. why would you leave that, that out? That seems like, it. I don't know. Would, would propolis be an individual step?
2: It's difficult I, I don't think so the, because I, I think it's the technique. But is it's it? Some, that's the question. Well, that's no, but you're I'll right know. because actually I mean, some, some of the steps just deal with cards. Just deal with, with cards. Like but sometimes it's Swami,
3: which is a, which is a method, and sometimes it's it, it, it's it's a much broader sort of I can't even think of it, but like mnemonics and uh, mental uh, psychic stunts, yeah. you know, duplications, so, yeah. two man yeah. codes, things yes, like yes, that. Yes, it's, yes, that's yes, all in there. What else could it be? So if it, it 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 could be that sort of progressive anagrams. What else would you have as a a 14 step you could somebody might say pre electronics,
2: electronics, yeah. Pre-show, I mean, you've got some great electronic companies. Luch, who, who, who are they? We've got Labco, Labco, uh,
1: Chris Taylor, does some great stuff, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, Taylor yeah. Imaginary. Taylor uh, Imagineering, yeah. fantastic stuff, yeah.
2: You've got uh, Cobra Magic as Cobra well. Magic, I've yeah. never bought anything from Cobra, so no, I don't no, really no, know more about it, but doing. I know that they're out they're there. Out there. But yeah.
1: there are some, um, of them. Yeah. There's some good stuff. Who else is there? You've got uh, yeah. Oh, you have got Hugo Shelley.
2: Yeah, Hugo, yeah, Hugo's got a some really stuff good stuff, sense yeah. really I, I nice. think that pretty much wraps up the yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah and so they could probably, between them, as the sort of the masters of, of, of electronic mentalism, could probably write their own step themselves. Yeah. Um,
1: what about things like pre-show? Would that be pre-show. an individual um, step? It, yeah. prob- it probably could
3: be an individual step. I think that's pre-show covered. Technique. Um, Mark what, what about the...
1: like a linguistics? So it was just a
3: linguistic step, so okay. you could do or potentially
2: hypnosis even.
3: Yeah, hypnosis, suggestion, suggestion yeah. could be another step. Psychological um, forces. Mm-hmm. And what about like body magic type stuff? You know, like yeah, the, like pendulum stuff and idiomotor response. That's not covered yeah. at all, is it? I I don't think it is. I does. don't think
2: it is either. <laughs> um, I I I would have remembered pendulum. See, this is really interesting. Is I was a big skeptic as far as suggestion, hypnosis, idiomotor response stuff. I it just seems sort of new age to me, and because. Yeah. I was someone that you couldn't really hypnotize. yeah, I just disbelieved it. I didn't think it could actually happen. But I'm reading again a really, really good book um, called "Pygmalion Effects" by Aaron Alexander. Okay. And, and he, he's the first person that's ever made me feel like, hang on, because I've always wanted to explore hypnosis, but I, also, I always just sort of thought it was extroverts playing along. Yeah. And then he talks about people's realities. There's a section where he, where he talks about changing realities, uh, and he talks about, you know, if you're on a train and you expect the train to move, and, and there's a train next to you, and that train moves, you yeah. feel that sensation of movement, well, even though you're sat on the platform, was, and it creates a new reality. If you mind, hang on before we before yeah. we get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he talks about the placebo effect. Okay. And I am a 100% believer in the placebo effect. Absolutely. In, in a person's ability of their expectations to create a reality for them. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of research on it. It was something that happened. Um, World War II, doctors had run out of out of uh, a particular type of medicine, so they, they administered a sugar pill. Um, but because of the way that they did it, the patient's expectations were that it was really strong medicine. Huh. And, and it did work, and they did further studies on it. And, and uh, people that had suffered in the war, they had suffered um, injuries similar to car accidents in the States, their outlook and the way they felt with placebo uh, was actually better than people in the States who had suffered those car accidents uh, with actual medicine. And the reason was because in their mind, they weren't going home. If I'm if i in the States and I'm fine and I'm safe and then I have a, a life-changing car wreck and I lose my leg, my outlook for my future is very different. I had a rosy future and now I don't. Now if I'm a wartime uh, veteran that's lost a leg or something, yeah. I'm thinking, gosh, I'm going home. I'm going to be with my family again. I'm safe and I'm a hero. I've done my duty. Yeah. And so their, their outlook... Created and informed their reality and with my son my oldest son used to have nightmares all the time uh, Till he was about three or four and one day my mom came back from some trip somewhere and she had a dream catcher And my son said what's that grandma and she says it's a dream catcher and she explained it's supposed to catch bad dreams And he goes I need that and so I said right okay, and we hung it up by his bed It's a hundred percent true story hung it up by his bed and his nightmares went away like like that. Just
3: in, like that first night that was the first redundant. night
2: he completely believed. And about five days later, I remember he walked out in the, in the hallway in his pajamas and he was carrying his dream catcher and he threw it on the ground in disgust and he goes, it's busted because he'd obviously had a bad dream. Huh? And, and I instantly, because I could tell there was a massive difference. I instantly said, well, did you shake it out last night? It, like he was a bonehead. And he goes, what? And I said, yeah, have to shake it out. It gets clogged up. And he says, no, I didn't. And so that night, he shook it out. He's never had a bad dream since. And he shakes it out every single night. He's 12 now. And so I believe 100% in this placebo effect. And so this revelation, the way that Aaron Alexander phrased this in The Pygmalion Effects, which is a great, great book, it it changed my perception. It changed my perspective. And I'm really actually interested now in in learning more about hypnosis. And he's got some great effects in there. And this is, sorry, it's a long-winded way of saying, with the 13 effects, or with the 13 steps... What about things like Georgia Magnets? and, and Exactly, you know, the body all, magic thing. Yeah, exactly. A lot of this body magic stuff that I didn't necessarily believe was possible, I didn't buy into, I now absolutely do. It was it was a real, I mean, for the last month, to me, that was probably the biggest paradigm shift I've, I've had in a long time. And it's really that recent. Yeah, and it, and it feels like a door is now open for me and I'm excited to explore a section that I had previously shut myself off to because I just didn't buy it. I thought it's it's extroverts playing along. But now understanding um, the realities of it. Yeah, the reality is that your expectation forms your experience. That was a massive light bulb moment for me
3: and remind me what the name, what's the name of that book again
2: uh, Pygmalion Effects Aaron Alexander and is a, is a magician writing for magicians or is he it... is he, I don't know what he would classify himself as he, he's interested in magic and he's interested in mentalism but it's not but like a psychology textbook or anything like that no it's, no it's but far, it, it is it is a very it's a very intelligent read I, I gave you a copy Luch, because I had two hmm. and what, what did you think of it
1: really interesting some good stuff um, I've always had an interest in that weird and wonderful thing I'm trying to develop a routine uh, over the past couple of years that I keep coming back to. So there's this little bits, little sort of nuggets that you take out of and you help to sort of sculpt this routine. Um, and I find there's some really, really nice, interesting, suggestion-based things. Um, I'm probably only a quarter of a way into the book, but some of it is, is really interesting. Uh, there's quite a lot of- I think the problem I have is I see a lot of these people who you see on the internet putting their
3: YouTube videos on of I'm using hypnosis with my mentalism, and it just... All
2: you're doing is putting people to sleep, and that's uh, kind of it. But it <laughs> you, you see, I, I've, I've seen trailers where you know you do a handshake induction and say, sleep. But then later on in the trailer, you actually see them saying, when I say sleep, you'll fall into a trance. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I, I, I really, like I said, I've been really skeptical of it. But Aaron has got on his website, which I think is PygmalionEffects.com. Okay. He's got actual videos of him at Doing this again and again and again in loads of different venues, loads of different locations. I'm I'm convinced he's genuine. It's none of it Mm -hmm. is you know staged in any way, stage four stooge. Uh, And and it's something where I've thought you know I'm I'm really interested, but I went in full blown skeptical. uh, And it's been a massive. I'm excited about learning about a new area.
1: Absolutely. So how many steps are we on now? We've got about twenty-five steps. Yeah, I know, I, I know.
2: It just makes you think you can go
3: on. Oh, not. It depends how you break them down as well. Because, like we said, it's they're not really quite defined like what the definition of a step is either. Because no. is it the prop or is it the technique or is it a, a sort of branch or brand within within it? You know, because the spiritualism bit isn't a technique. There's probably nail writing stuff in there.
2: There's all kinds of stuff in there. It's, it's a difficult one to nail yeah, down. Yeah, he sort of he sort of broke them up conveniently into themes and ideas, and then sometimes gimmicks or props or or. Um, you know, cards and things like that. Mm. Um, what, what do you think, loot is in this 14th step that your friend has?
1: Honestly, no idea. He's not shown me, he's not told me about it. There was some sort of, let's just say, dispute as to why it didn't come out. Um,
2: but he could release this at any point in time that he wanted to. Well,
1: this is, this is what I'm talking about. There's a dispute between two sets of people as to who owns the, the copyright on it. Ah, right. apparently someone said they bought it years ago from Corinda and the other person said that it was given to them and that's about as much as I can go into really but it's mm-hmm. going back a few years not really spoken to the per- the people involved since about it so but it's, I it's have exciting
3: to... to even think that it's as a legend like, even if it's not real apparently it
1: does exist the 14th step interesting very interesting
3: okay that's the mystery of the month for this month yeah
2: something I guess to contemplate
3: hmm do a
2: contemplating sound everybody
0: Hmm. The Café Thread to Watch Right, so welcome back to Café Thread of
2: the Month. Last month we watched Kennedy forfeit and then in a freak stroke of luck no one jumped on Ken, seriously. They tried to be helpful and that was so contrary to what we were hoping for and then it actually turned into meaningful discussion on contact mind reading followed by people genuinely asking about it and for material on uh, other sources so uh, you're welcome
3: you're welcome mentalism community you are welcome (laughs) welcome There you go. That's so, not a very good forfeit where you get to say you're welcome at the end of it. No, there you go. The
2: forfeit is not to be forfeited. So have you been watching the cafe this uh, this month? Yeah, actually there's one thread that I was really kind of interested in. And it's because I'm, I'm redoing my show reel. But there's a fairly uh, informative, useful discussion on the cafe right now about what makes a good show reel. Ah. Um, and, and I and I thought anyone who's interested in, in making theirs uh, or redoing theirs or updating theirs or creating one for the first time, uh, it's it's quite... It's a, it's a quite helpful topic at the moment. Mm-hmm. That's nice. For me, mine is... <laughs> I love that you say, that's nice. As though it's, it's dismissive as, as <laughs> well, long as you're like, oh no, well, I'm ready sure. to talk I mean, about if me. If it's
3: helpful to you, that's wonderful for you. I feel good and warm inside.
5: No, it's good.
2: I mean, how long is, it, is it quite a lengthy discussion? Uh, it's, it's only just popped up recently, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying all the different links. And people are sharing their ideas Yeah, what yeah, they yeah, Exactly. And, and what's nice is that so many of them match up with my own already. But there's always a few little ideas that make you think and go, well, hmm. that's
3: a clever thing. Yeah, yeah
2: maybe, maybe I should incorporate it. It's as that whole thing that. of
3: you don't, you don't know what you don't know. Like Until you go into that, you think, oh, what well, you know, What does make up a good show? Really? It's something I've done a lot of research on, so I should really take a look at that as well. I'm excited by it. Have you got any opinions about that? No. Good. So <laughs> about me, um, <laughs> the one that I've been really enjoying because it's, it's just been good.
1: You said the woman I've really been. I said enjoying. the one I've been enjoying. I I said the woman I've really been.
3: The enjoying. one I've been really enjoying has been the one about Switchcraft. because it's still going. People are still want another way to switch a billet. It's just this massive. You're looking at me really strangely, but you, you know, the who who, who, who is it? Elliot Presley. Uh, yeah, it's it's just this massive friend. It's like fourteen pages, or something like
2: that. It's well, he whoa, keeps wow. coming out with freebies. I think genuinely. Switchcraft is one of the best deals out there.
3: Absolutely, it's ridiculous. It's a phenomenal resource for. I mean, I don't know how many different ways you need to be able to switch a thing. I mean, just get the damn thing switched. But I think for me, that's what's really impressed me is the fact that I logged in to see, you know, what's cool, what's prevalent right now, what are people talking about. And it's like nothing's happened since the last time I was on there because we're still talking about. Switchcraft, <laughs> and that's great. You know that it's still getting that level of does he still does keep he, coming out with updates.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. there's always supplements being released. Like every year, he releases a supplement. It's amazing. It's a phenomenal and, phenomenal. and the thing that really speaks volumes to me is that he's not charging for all these supplements. There's got to be time and effort that goes into yeah. it, massively so. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just seems to me—I don't know him, but he just seems like a stand-up guy. Absolutely great. have you've been watching Luch.
1: Well, oh no. You see, I spent last night and the night before having a little look, having a little browse, and I looked for something funny. There was a few things that I wanted to talk about, you know, a few, but I didn't really want to mention some of them. So (laughs) I want to be honest with you. I don't have one.
3: You don't have one.
1: I don't.
2: It's oh yes.
3: So let's find him something ridiculous he has to say as well. So like we have to find him. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, we yeah, can't, yeah, just and go and you can't just can't go any just go, because what will happen
2: is the people that listen to the first episode will spot that and go, oh, "I know what this is." Rah, 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 rah. So we need we need to change the phrasing ever so slightly. So let's
3: find something. Um, Devon Brand throat reading, lip reading. I think you should post on this one and talk about that you're releasing an ebook about this. Um, yeah. Please inbox me for more details. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I already, really, I really like the concept of that. I think Luch is, is finding this penalty a bit difficult to swallow. I already have
1: enough private messages from Steve <laughs> I know. from Steve Brooks trying to yep. sell me crap. <laughs> I, know. Uh, I don't want <laughs> any more of these automated
3: garbage, know. you know, messages. So the words you're looking for are.
1: Uh, <laughs> let's just go down. What have we got here? Just out of curiosity, how long is your list of books you have read? Are you sure I have to write this? Can I not write anything else a little bit funnier? No,
3: no. I, I mean, <laughs> a little bit funnier. So what, what am I writing? You're writing, <laughs> uh, what should we have it exactly? We should have, for anyone interested. Okay. <laughs> I am very close to a release, to an ebook release on this subject matter and my experience with
2: it. What's the subject again? Lipping, lip, lip reading. reading, lip reading.
1: <laughs> for anyone interested, I am very close to an ebook release on this subject. Yeah, matter.
3: Uh, please inbox me for full details.
2: Please PM me. Yeah, please details. PM me. PM me for full. This will be an extremely limited release. <laughs> <laughs> And I think Extremely needs to be all caps. Yes,
0: absolutely.
3: <laughs> Following this, I will be going into retirement. I'm kidding. You don't need to write that bit. No, everyone retires.
1: <laughs> I don't want to be back next week. <laughs> yeah, you happy with Yeah, that?
3: and then what's your usual sign-off that you put? Uh,
2: Love kind, and hugs.
1: Kind regards, I think. Shaba.
2: Shabba. Yeah. <laughs> Shabba. <laughs> Okay, now read the message back to us. Yeah, just okay. So
1: this is on Penny, uh, and it's called Darren Brown throat reading slash lip reading.
3: It's got nine likes. It's up to six uh, pages, so it's got a lot of people following. Now, this it.
2: this isn't a thread that's been resurrected, is it? Uh, I don't No, know. Got this. this is a current thread. That's why that's what makes it so. Scroll funny. scroll up to the top of the page. I well, think it has pages. to have been resurrected.
1: This is two thousand and fifteen. Hang oh, on, it says there. So you've come back to a thread over a year later just to bump it. So it must be an old one. Okay, so my reply is uh, for anyone interested, I am very close to an ebook release on this subject matter. Please PM me for full details. This will be an extremely limited release. <laughs> kind regard. Kind regard. Should I do a smiley face? Yes,
3: I think you should probably oh, do a let's smiley face. Do, do, uh, do the snowman. Where's the snowman? There's, there's a snowman picture down there. You should do the snowman. <laughs> do the snowman. <laughs> I didn't even know they were there. There you go. All the little I don't see a
4: snowman.
3: Atlas is making things up. Where's the snowman, Atlas? There's a, he's right
2: there. What is wrong
1: with you two? Oh,
3: oh yeah, yeah. Next, yeah. the shiny Christmas tree.
1: Three balls with a hound. Yeah. Okay. Right.
3: <laughs> here we go. And just watch, and hopefully this will properly kick off.
2: There we go. He's there
1: on the penny for your thoughts thread. <laughs> now.
2: <laughs> ah, feels really. better when it's not me. Yeah, it's, it's so much better when it's not I have you. A private message already. Mentalism taboo.
1: Welcome back to Mentalism Taboo. Uh, the first round was quite eventful. A little bit... Uh,
2: Controversial. Yeah, I'll uh. say, Ken.
1: Trying to hose us. Um, so, second round is Atlas is describing the cards that I've wrote, and he's not seen yet, to Ken. Uh, have we got a minute on the timer? We minute do indeed. The Okay, so a minute, three, two, one, go. Come on, let's go. Go, come on. We can do this.
2: Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> uh, okay, already. this is a classic psychological thing involving shapes what two shapes would those be circle and a triangle yep um
3: you're not really come on come on come on
2: okay uh i'm trying to help you he's passing so wow you are just oh my gosh uh okay this is an effect um that has to do with with uh clock and a specific stopping of the clock by the same guy that did the mother of all book tests
1: the stopping of a clock, by the know yep. the famous routine he did.
2: I, I'm trying to help. Just get watch, stop, clock, stop. Uh, right, so obviously pass. Uh, okay, this one uh, was a James Bond film title that has to do with playing cards and gambling. Pull up, uh, f- uh, By fumbleball. the guy from, uh, 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 the guy who did Stunners. Uh, Casino Royale. Yep, nailed it. Uh, and, and time. You know. You're oh, I'm sorry. Wow. I'm s- you we you have...
3: passed on about four of them. Yeah. But they're really tough. Oh, Let's, read some, read some out. Let's see which one you passed on because that's the, the
2: destiny time. response by destiny Richard response Bush. Bush. Oh my goodness! Bowter by Scott Grosberg. I've never even heard of that. Uh, now is the time. Was the one for? The tent tent I didn't even. I never even re- re- know that was. A name um, of it. I mean, Geist, day. Harling, and Nerup. Oh I mean, that sounds God. like a law firm. Yeah.
1: That's right. <laughs> 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 going to make this game you, more challenging for you. Are
2: horrendous. Yeah, I'm the best. All right. So okay. Okay. now I've got three points because Ken got two. Okay. Yes. So okay, yep. three is the benchmark to beat, which is pretty bad because yeah. that's actually worse than I scored last week. So let me see. <laughs> <or last laughs> We're now
1: going to enter the third round, where I just need to get two to win. That's what you're saying. Is yeah. that the, so sort of the thing? next round? You just need to get no, you need to get two to draw, two to draw, three to win. Yeah. And who's who's going to describe to me? I'm going to describe them to you. Okay. So if you do if you don't do this, so hard, here's the thing: yeah, is, I'm going to you.
2: <laughs> Kennedy, Kennedy is either going to win or lose because he's already got two. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I can only win. Yeah, you can or, or, or lose win. if lose doesn't get any or completely lose. Wait, <laughs> wait. <laughs> All right, right.
3: <laughs> shall we uh, head back to the Let's... next section? <laughs> All right, Atlas, I've got it. A... All right, Atlas. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Stop snorting
3: coke, <laughs> you
4: bastard! I didn't have purpose. No. <laughs>
3: All right Atlas you're sitting there with a bit of a smirk on your face you've been sitting here this whole time sort of giggling away to yourself you have got something planned <laughs> you've got, got a knowing look I I do what's
2: happened I've got a little surprise i put together for Looch. because Looch, <laughs> a lot of people don't know this about him but he's um he's the kind of guy that he confessed to me very quietly one day that he's got little lightsabers no idea. and he'll he's been caught Playing in his front room with his lightsaber by his girlfriend—it's really? not a
1: euphemism for something <laughs> no. else. Have you really got lights- lightsabers? No,
2: imaginary ones. Yeah, but you, <laughs> your imagination makes things come alive, and that's what I—that's why I enjoy about this—is that your imagination makes things come alive, and you—you you actually still pretend as an adult, and i, I like that. Um, mm. I have—I have been known to. <laughs> you know,
1: I have been known to, so I pretend to be a Jedi. <laughs> In the privacy That's of my own. home. amazing. So-, well, so,
2: so what I like about this is that um, Looch has got a really good imagination. And a lot of times we'll message back and forth on Google Chat while, um, you know, while, while we're apart. Uh, so I'll get on email, Looch will see I'm online and we'll just message for a minute back and forth. Uh, but Looch doesn't just message me. He's got this whole other personality called Roboto. And I thought, wouldn't it be great, wouldn't it be great if I could take some of the chats Looch and I have actually had on messages and bring Roboto to life? Oh, and so that's, that's what we're about to hear, is I've, I've done that. Again, oh no. these characters in your little mind, and he really, he sticks to the character. He believes that Roboto is actually there. He'd be like, "Chat with there. Master Looch standing by? I mean, he's crazy. He literally is there. He's Basically, Roboto
1: is my assistant when I'm not there. But really... I, it's me just doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding?
2: See, I didn't. I would not believe that you'd ever admit that Roboto's not right. I cannot wait to hear this. Oh, no. So here we go. With, without any further ado, Looch, I'd like to introduce you to a figment of your imagination. And I hope he sounds just like you have him sound in your head. Here you go. From an actual conversation. I am Roboto. Oh. Hey, Roboto.
0: How may
2: Roboto bring joy to your day? Um, well, Roboto can uh, bring joy to my day by forcing his friend Luch to hang out with me later tonight. Stand by. <laughs> <laughs> I admire your commitment to the character.
0: Master Luch may be unavailable this evening. <laughs> he has informed me he will alert
2: you later. Err. Er, er. Roboto, is your your battery dying, Roboto? Affirmative. (laughs) Quick, uh, Roboto, what time does Master Looch want me to pick him up on the way to Tyneside tomorrow?
0: Stand by. (laughs) Master Looch requests a 12 p.m. collection for shuttle ship to (laughs) shithole. Okay, (laughs) Roboto, let him know I'll be there. (laughs) That was that so long side. Oh no. Roboto Battery 0.75%. <laughs> <laughs> see,
1: I don't see the problem in any of this. No. no.
2: This is what way is. So talk. that's who so, r- that's who i Yeah, Roboto that's Roboto. Is. And what I loved is Luch even remembered that exact conversation He's like, oh that's sound time because yeah, he, he lives this in his head so I, this is
1: going to get sinister now isn't it you're going
2: to do is, silly it actually sounds like
1: yodron meth yeah <laughs> so, uh, so does that is that kind of like roboto sounds in your head um, if it was broken
0: mentalism that should be banned
3: alright so last month we did a section called mentalism that should be banned and we brought up I think it was between us that we didn't like the seven keys to Baldpate.
1: Yeah, I think Atlas had um, pseudo psychometry that we yeah. talked about. Mm-hmm. Still, um, hated. what did you? I
3: can't even remember. I don't know. It was really fascinating. I was, I was right. I was, I was. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, it's interesting that you can't I think, remember. I
2: think you were living dead test. Living ah, dead test. Living... Yes,
1: but then I came up with a solution for it. You've come up with a solution for it, which is yeah. actually quite cute. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Mine was seven keys to Bald well seven keys to watching paint dry yeah seven (laughs) keys to sticking needles and it seems
5: to have really
3: captured people's attention and people's imagination I made
1: made a challenge you did um, to anyone out there to make seven keys to ball paint at least just remotely interesting like livable through just something that I could at least go okay there is hope in the world and then we got quite a bit of interaction from that we've had quite a few it's um, been amazing responses to it's that it's been, been great. great so if you uh, are...
2: I, I, I'm going to go ahead and raid on this parade uh-huh. there were a lot of responses not many of them <laughs> yeah. were great
3: most of them were terrible we've had ideas from people about chastity belts <laughs> and chastity locking belly. people together <laughs> and rooms um, with hookers astral projection astral was projection was one um, there, there, the...
2: there were definitely some unique takes some unique it. but nothing there that
3: was... really grabbed my attention well, but, but the thing is, I mean, remember, if you do want to participate, uh, like, like so many of people have, uh, you can do that by tweeting at us, and that's at the number three mentalists. At
2: three, the number three
3: <laughs> mentalists. Or you can remember, you can, uh, you can inbox us and comment and post on our wall and Facebook, three mentalists walked into a podcast. Now, one of the people who did that, was the man himself from Britain's Got Talent? America's Got Talent. No, so, well, yeah, well, yeah. Sorry, America's Got Talent. i do not
2: gonna let that slide. Oh no! He was
1: definitely America's Got Talent. He was definitely America's Got Talent. You
2: probably wouldn't have been so tongue-tied if you didn't have a drumstick in your mouth right now. That's, That's true, Turkey boy. <laughs> <laughs> gubble, gubble, gubble,
3: gubble. <laughs> the main man Eric Dittleman, from America's Got Talent wrote this, and I'm gonna just read it from what from his message. So, okay,
1: so Eric Dittleman, this is is solution or one of the solutions to seven keys to I do, sticking needles in my eye yeah i do
2: have to say it was my personal favorite of the submissions
3: okay uh, yes. cool we, have, we can only pick one so if you did you, know, you submitted it it just means it wasn't quite as good as eric so you should have done a little bit better so uh, <laughs> the performer invites a couple to join him center stage where an open casket is visible Moody. Ooh, got my I like away. it. The performer suddenly pushes the man into the casket and shackles it closed and bolts on a padlock. It's like a, it's like one of those radio dramas. I
1: like it.
4: Yeah.
3: The one key that opens the lock is introduced and tied to a heavy dumbbell. It is mixed with several identical non-working keys that are also tied to identical dumbbells. A tarp is removed revealing that the casket is on a conveyor belt leading to a wood chipper.
2: Yeah, I really like where he's going with this.
3: The performer hits the on button for the conveyor belt and tells the man in peril's wife to pick up the dumbbell key and hold it over the edge of the stage, where an Olympic-sized swimming pool filled with bloodthirsty sharks await. This is this would probably win him America's Got Talent. I think <laughs> <laughs> this is the on next level the casket, <laughs> mentalism. He senses that he, he sent. <clears throat> Come on, he, Ken. Sorry, mate. He senses this is not the key and he tells the woman to drop the key into the pool while constantly reminding her that the longer she takes to find the correct key, the closer her husband inches towards death. Woo! After the third incorrect dumbbell key is dropped into the increasingly angry shark pool, the performer suddenly has a change of heart and dives into the water, retrieving the key that was just thrown in, punching sharks away in the process. Like yes, I, I love, yeah, yeah, love everything. The drama of this is fantastic. I
2: feel like he's probably sat and storyboarded this yeah. out. <laughs> yeah.
3: Punching sharks <laughs> is great. He flies out from the bottom of the pool using the emergency jetpack. What, where did that come from? <laughs> exactly. What yeah. the hell's
2: Dittleman on? His budget d- for this show d- has d- already got to be it's through a, the roof.
3: Dittleman's like George Jetson. Meet George Jetson. Here's my
2: Jane, his wife. Roboto, his friend. He flies. I wonder if Roboto and Rosie would get on. I hope they would. He flies
3: out of the bottom of the pool using his emergency jetpack, does a complete flip over the wife, and lands at the casket, unlocking the lock and bolts, and rescuing the man in the nick of time, just as the casket is ripped to shreds.
1: Eric, that's genius.
3: And then he comes up with, "Wait, never mind. I tried my best, but even with this presentation, <laughs> Seven Keys to Baldpate is still f- boring." <laughs>
1: <laughs> You've got to love Eric. <laughs> yeah, he's, oh. he's absolutely right. Oh, Eric, I love you. You've Brilliant. actually restored Brilliant. my faith in something. What was just oh, painstaking, yeah. American, numb. <laughs> <laughs> In America, we do shooting with sharks.
2: Hey, you know what? I'll, I'll have... Yeah, you know, I've got nothing. I, I, I'll, I'll, the tank is dry. I've realised my moved. mouth is moving. And, but I there's think, nothing coming I out of this. I think based good. on that,
3: we should go and see if Atlas is still no! on
2: the phone. No,
3: come on. <laughs> and see if what Jasper is possibly saying no, to don't, him. Don't, Before we do, actually, I'm going, to, uh, I'm, going to ask, I'm going to ask Michael Murray what he thinks. ...of Eric Dittleman's suggestion.
0: Yes, you're a fucking bad fucking bastard. Really? I, why?
4: Why not?
3: Why are you? <laughs> well, there you go. So let's see, let's see if... Uh, thanks, thanks, Michael. Let's see if, if Atlas is still on the phone with Jasper Blakely. <sighs> I
2: hate well, this. Well, I need to know.
5: You, you definitely... Because we've got some... Uh, of course I'm still on the phone! Well, and obviously, <laughs> you know... the. Us Brits don't mind if you can get cock and balls and our side. We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> the oh, <laughs> Conversation, it just ridiculous. took a, I lost it. Now. I just lost control you, you of this, this you conversation. What does he want to use to do? No, no, no.
2: It's the show is entirely, entirely... I clarify powerful. for me. It's, it's a clean, uh, friendly show.
0: It's, it's a... It's a show that my kids can go to. Bye. Oh, Oh, the good news is, well, he's still on on the
5: phone with Jasper,
3: and, uh, and we'll and we'll and we'll come back to it. Fight your corner. All right, here we are. Fight your corner. Each of us has brought along a different mentalism product, prop, uh, principle, book, product, whatever, and we thing yes, and we are going to defend that it is the better of the three, while the other two try and rip it apart. So, uh, who won last time? Who was it last month? Who it was we a tie? Oh, we all three tied because oh, Luch gunned on pointless. it. Pointless. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Mhm. Mhm. So I'm going to start. Is that okay? Yeah, what you got? I've got this beautiful thing. This is uh, Force 4 by Wayne Rogers. Ooh. Is that his name? Wayne? Yes, it is. Wayne, Wayne Rogers. He's Rogers. a New Zealand guy. The New Zealand. He's a lovely chap. So what Force 4 allows you to you do, know, it's a folder. It's like a folio and basically allows three different compartments. It's three different compartments. It's a bit like a Z Folds uh, Himba wallet yep. with an extra flap on it. Okay. I'm, well, I'm pretending that I don't know what it is, but I do, do I know, you, I've, I've you, got one of you've these. You've got one yeah. of these. I use this uh, in so many different things. I've mentioned it other places before, and I absolutely adore this thing. Okay. It basically means you can put some flat items in, such as pieces of card, and you can switch them in a very sort of fair, hands-off way. You could do all kinds of things with it. You could do a draw duplication. If anyone's seen Banachek's Folio... The Psychic... Padfolio, is something it? like yeah. that. Yeah, I uh, used to. U- I used to use that one. Yep, yeah, in I have one of those as well. But I needed a third out for something else I'm doing, so uh, so I have this one. So it's, it's very similar to that with an additional sort of level of deception. Okay. So that's what I've got. I
1: really love it. Okay. Well, Looch. come on. I'm gonna. Ta- well, first of all, I'm gonna agree with you on certain aspects of it because I I own one as well, and I come from the same sort of train of thought. Yeah. I had the Banachek Psychic Padfolio. Yep. Uh, Which was great, and I still like it. I think the build quality is fantastic. Yes. But when Wayne came out with this, it satisfied a requirement that I needed for my show. Right. And that was to be able to switch four individual items. Yes. However, as much as three of those switches are fantastic, I think the weak part
0: is the fourth. Okay.
1: We can't really mention it because of, you know... um, Yeah, because it's Wayne's, it's not ours. Yeah, we can't just reveal it on on the thing. But um, I think it's a great prop. But I do think there is that one weakness there.
3: Okay, but don't you think that weakness is done like in a sort of off moment? So basically what happens with this is, without going into too much detail, you literally physically switch three times. And the fourth one, you have to reach in and take the fourth one out, don't you?
1: Yes, yes. And, but I think that happens in an off it does, moment. It does happen at an off moment. However, you've kind of established yourself by doing the same thing three times. And then on the fourth, even though it is on the off moment, you do something different. You could lose the consistency there with with the sort of switch. Atlas? Right.
2: I will say that I like the idea. Okay. But I am not a fan of switching folios. I think, especially when you're on stage, the side angle, if you've got a pad in there, people can see um, that there's more than one pad. And that means that there's more than one side. Anyone who's sharp-eyed and observant will, will pick that out. I just think... it's not something that you'd really run across in an office supply store and therefore it looks out of place i'm not a huge fan of switching folio like one of the things i talked about bringing into this segment was the predilus envelope Leo's predilus envelope i'll bring it next time Mm -hmm. and in my opinion if you're going to switch something it doesn't do four switches but it does one switch perfectly okay um and and it's beautiful uh and it's it's in my in my mind it's it's better because it it can more organically fit into your show and i hate the word organic but
4: mm-hmm.
2: that is it's the truth it doesn't seem out of place okay. i just don't i'm not a fan i think i think it's a great idea and i think he's executed it as as well as anyone possibly could hope to okay but i just don't like the way they look i just don't like the way they feel um and and uh i, I that's that's where i sit on it i'm not a big fan i can genuinely say this time fight your corner i, I you know I'm 100% confident that my product's the best one in this, isn't it?
1: Okay. Well, I'll would, I would, I must make some good points, points that I agree with. The only one that I don't quite agree with is that it looks out of place. I agree. I mean, what I was about to say store. was, it, it,
3: I mean, I've seen these kind of things in, in a stationery store. Well, just not, uh, not a Z-fold one. Not a Z-fold one, No, no. <laughs> but they're kind of a folio-like But, that's, like but that's my
2: point, is you can tell it's a Z-fold. A Z-fold. Why am I saying Z? It's a Z-fold <laughs> one by, by the side. And if you're at any raised height above your audience they're going to be able to see the edges.
3: But if someone is paying attention to your folder, you must be god-boring when you're on stage. So if everyone's not looking no, at it's, you... It's
2: no, it's not it. It's a contrast of white paper on black folio. It, it stands out. People notice contrast. You but don't, you don't to... leave it lying around, you know. You can't kind
1: of bring it... You bring it out.
2: You don't necessarily
1: have to have paper in. I know the Banachek one, it, it suggests that you do have oh, a pad yeah. in. but this one, I don't have paper in mine. Oh, you time. don't? Okay. Um, no. No, yeah, well, I'm I not. do. I, I like to have paper in it because it looks like the real thing yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, I I think. I, mean,
3: I, I, th- I think for me, I did struggle for a while thinking, why on earth do I have one of these folio things? And I just talk about how we're going to use it to make sure that... Like, what I say is when I'm grabbing the cards off the people is my excuse, my, my rationale there is just that I've had people say to me after the show, if I touch the cards, maybe I can see through them because of the strong stage lights. Mm-hmm. For that reason, we're going to use this like a shield, so I can't, I can't see through it. Oh, okay. So you put, the, put them on there, which means I can't see through it, and then I can do the dirty work, do the switch as I move to the I suppose person. the problem
1: is with that, you're almost drawing attention to the actual folder itself.
3: Yeah, and I've tried it both ways. I've tried mm-hmm. it where I'd say nothing <laughs> about it. I've done it. You see? I, I've, I've, done it I've tried it, it where I don't mention it, and people say, hey, it's
2: about the folder. That's definitely going to be using words in my mouth for the next time. I've <laughs>
3: tried it both ways. I've given you two clips now. Okay, uh, so, One clean one, go. alright so that's mine I believe I'm on to a winner I think Atlas had some fighting talk there so let's see what you've got I've got
2: got, see I really think that this fight your corner section should be used for uh, kind of shining light on um, on really great things that people have done and people have released that haven't garnered a whole lot of attention okay. i think i think what i've got this time is um is one of those things it's mark spellman's glimpse 2020 mm-hmm. and it is fantastic i know can uh, you use cards in mentalism uh luch you do too uh, i do sometimes as well one of the things mm-hmm. i've got is I, I used to use it with stack work but i've i'm uh, I have a deck called the Solution, which is a memorized deck that you can memorize in no time at all, and it's beautiful. You, and you can you mean you can memorize it in no time yeah, at yeah, all, no, Mister. It, oh no, I have a fair, billion amigrams in
1: my head. When he showed me this, and I I, I
2: don't do any sort of stuff. we're going off the target topic here, but it is very very good. Okay, even okay. I could do it. Oh right, okay, <laughs> so it's special. There you go. So, but you can fan it and display it, and it doesn't look like it, it doesn't look like. um it, it, it looks like a mixed deck. So you've got to snap down. Stop it, pitching it does your it. bloody deck. <laughs> Get on with a
1: frigging routine. It's called a solution,
2: by the, the way. It's a solution.
1: <laughs> the solution. Free plug. No, no, no.
2: but, uh, <laughs> but honestly, the the thing I like about this um, this box, it's it's a very, very clever pick box. And I've never found a pick box that you can literally give to someone to give to your participant and not worry about them handling it.
3: Just in case you weren't clear on that. So this, this Glimpse 2020 allows
2: you to do what? To, just It just allows to you to... Get a glimpse of the bottom card in a deck, or, or while it's in the card box. Yeah, in fact, yeah. you get you get a, a, actually probably about a two thirds of a box glimpse. Oh, wow. So you can you can have them put in rings, coins, all sorts of things mm-hmm. inside the box. Uh, and and I've always seen people that use stack decks, and always you know you always see people say, well, "What do you do if they shuffle the deck?" And Ken, you're a performer. Luke, you're a performer. You guys have the same idea I do, which is have a backup plan. To me, Glimpse 2020 is my backup plan. If I take my mem deck out and someone mixes it, I change what I'm doing. I'm going to say, right, I'm going to have you just choose one card and put it in that box, please. And everything else is on the table. You can even put it in your pocket, in your purse, whatever. Um, We'll come back to it. And I take the the box back. Mm -hmm.
1: It reminds me of that. You know those cigarette things you used to get in like a little uh, break glass in emergency like an emergency cigarette He used to get them on the whole, like seaside resort okay yeah <laughs> it reminds it, me of maybe Atlas's... i went on slightly better holidays than you. Well, hey what's wrong with Skegness and Blackpool <laughs> hey the working class towns <laughs> none close. of this going on to some five star resort go on so it reminds me of Atlas's emergency kit so if something goes wrong with the thing and they shuffle the deck, he's got that as a backup which I like as yeah I like that thing. I like that yeah
2: but that's and that's my point is you can use it for obviously to get a peek. it people can handle it it's a rock solid tool i've i've made just the one so far and i've used it for five years at least really and it's so it really it's been, lasted yeah it's really been durable now mark uh, in when he in the dvd where he explains it he says you know you may have to make more but i the one i've built has been really really durable i'm really impressed with it i never have any problems so when it's someone, got a lot of
3: construction there you say you had to build it no it,
2: it takes maybe 20 minutes and it's dead easy Okay. Uh, and and all you need is two card boxes, basically. Okay. I'm okay. surprised but
1: the card box has lasted five years. To be fair, oh, yeah. I'm
2: obviously you're quite OCD, aren't you? you yeah, just... I, I I am fairly careful. I don't carry it around in my pocket and smash it up and stuff. I'm very so. Is it cautious quite? I mean,
3: from from what I can see from 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 the gimmickry of it, it looks
2: like it's going to be it's going like it's going to be uh, like, sort of fragile. Like it could easily get. No, not it's not even remotely fragile. It is a solid, sturdy box. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, it's 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 your basic card. It's no more fragile than your basic card box okay. already is. But right. in in many ways, it's kind of reinforced. I don't like the as fa- uh, a few. Uh. But let me before you get to your hating on it.
4: Okay. <laughs> me,
2: before you start fighting your corner, let me point out that I love that you've gotten out on you. You've got a great peat box. Someone can handle it. In my opinion, it's the best <clears> of its kind, and and I can do more with it than just card stuff. But okay, so what my argument against it is, although I love Mark piece and I think it's very clever.
3: I think my only thing is you could just Richard Osterlin shares some really good subtleties for when you put the you put the cards back in the box without having to gimmick the box at all hmm. with just a moment you can see that thing. Yeah, I, no, I kind of think I, it's I
2: almost unnecessary. No, it's not unnecessary because what if you, you that's fine for stack work, right? But I said what if someone shuffles the deck? What do you do then? Do a different thing. What have yeah, you done before? Yeah, you can you can do a different effect. You yeah. could do a progressive anagram. Yeah, <laughs> here's the card. Shuffle No, Oh, no, don't no, shuffle You know what? Let's do this. Now, I like that I can very smoothly and very coolly say, right, now I want you, you've mixed them up. I clearly don't have any idea of the order. Go ahead and just take one and slide it face down into that box. There you go. Boom. And they've handled it. So I'm not saying there aren't other ways to get peeks. I'm saying I think this is nat- the best no, way to I get think a it's
3: kind of unnatural to have somebody place a single card into a card box. No, I mean, you I can just put think the whole deck of- in. You, put, you haven't put it on the bottom of the deck then put it in? Why would they put it on the bottom of the no, deck?
2: No, I'm, I'm just saying, look, in case you're worried about, you know, cards being marked, I'll turn away, you mix them up some more, and then take one out and put it in the box. I clearly can't see through it, and you take the other of the deck and hide it away. And now I take the box back and I'm casually gesticulating. I get my teeth and I can I even show
3: that there's no way I could see through the box. I remember when I, when I first saw this and I thought, it's a really clever idea. And, and the application is very good. When was that? Oh, God. When, it, when, when was Last it week? first come out? Yeah, no, when yeah. it first came out. I remember
1: back, yeah, about seven or eight years ago. Yeah, yeah, it's been yeah, a while, it has hasn't a it? While. It's been
3: out there. And I realize that means you had time to play with it and it's lasted all these years. That's great. But I just felt like I never made one up because I found it completely unnecessary. Completely unnecessary. I think he went under stage stage the...
2: Show, um, yeah, but you don't work close up.
3: No, but I do I do stack deck stuff on stage.
2: Hmm.
1: But I suppose you're in control of the situation. Completely. I mean, if they start
3: messing around, I'll just headbutt them. <laughs> um, so that's what I think. What, or call you, them a wonky-eyed midget. Call yeah. them a wonky-eyed
1: midget. That's what I would do. Hmm.
3: Uh, what do you think, Lidge?
1: Well, I, I'm big, big friends with Mark. Um, big so, friends?
3: Big friends! Hey, me
1: and Mark go way back. Do you? More back than we do, me and you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I remember we well, first... just met Ken like two months ago. Well,
1: actually, no, me and Ken was in contact for years, but I just didn't like him, yeah. to be fair. Yeah. Uh, but it was Mark, I liked him from day one. And he's a very clever guy. He is. A
4: um,
3: anyway, stop kissing his butt What I, I what, what I found
1: with Mark's um, 2020 is it went under the radar. It did. And when it first came out, it didn't come with the. Uh, didn't get it, did it reminded. Me. Yeah, it didn't. It was, it was just he had to re release it with the gimmicks and things like that for people to take notice of it. And I think once people started to make it, when it first got
3: released, it was just the you got the giving pre. Yeah, it that was, was just it, like it? in a
1: little poly bag with a printed thing, and then yeah. they had to redo it with the the DVD. And I think once people actually saw it working, that's when they saw the real value in it. Okay. Um, I have never used it, so I can't mention anything from a performance point of it. Okay. So, uh, but I've never used it, obviously, for a reason because it's never fitted quite with with what I do because I have other other things. Um, but I can see that it has strong value in, in with what Atlas has specifically got in mind is in, if in case you so you're not against is, it man come on I appreciate it but I backed back you up as well um, and I think I don't really want to poo poo it because I've, I've it's one of these great I've things I've never, never, well, never used, said, of never used it but the point of this section like you poo 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 poo, poo. okay so if you're going gonna, gonna to poo poo it I want to poo poo it it's a I love it I think
3: it's brilliant for real but hmm. the point of this section is we find the negative in it
1: alright there uh, is none that's, I brought The, the negative thing. in it is um, it's crap. Right. <laughs> I've just, never used. it Can we just
3: do like this is why I think it's great, America? And then he goes, it's crap, crap, it's crap. Now, um, word,
1: I just, I, I wouldn't use it. I wouldn't use it. It's not my kind of thing. Um, so in that case, I don't agree with that list because it just, just wouldn't, wouldn't work for me. Wouldn't use it. Awesome. Is that right. good for you? That's, you feel better now?
3: I feel a little bit better. Okay. So I don't want people to think that I'm the bad guy here. That, that's well, you me. are. Oh, right, just show us what you've got.
1: another one for your words in your mouth thing there (laughs) (laughs) show us what what you've got got. (laughs) okay so I have brought I mean quite literally the best thing ever you guys are just you're going to lose drastically here okay Uh, John Riggs the Skeeter Right, that's what it's called. Okay. Yeah. Well, we can't obviously show you how it. Oh, it works. we can't no. explain it. We can't show you anything, yeah. to be honest. We can't even explain how it works. However, it's an impression device. Yeah. What's perfect if you want to use post-it notes. Yes. Okay. And guys, do you want to see how it works? Yes. We can't. We can't say anything. We can't say anything. We're, We're gonna, gonna go silent now. I we'll already make, have one. Ready? Make oohing noises. Yeah. Ready? I think I've just two it
3: again. Oh, yeah. ready? Just, just ready? No, no. Ready? ready? I bought one. Do it. Do it. Ooh. Ooh. Mr.
1: Riggs, you clever, yeah. clever man! Did you see how excited you are? Then, yeah. Can you imagine using that in performance and no one seeing? I know you'd have to like. Yeah, check this oh, out oh you know
2: what that's not fair that's Why? not he's fair he's doing emotional try, yeah he's trying, trying to a say us to already already i already at once I didn't realise I've realed no, you yeah, have it because I've got real life experience with this mm-hmm. and I have a negative experience that I will share
3: I have a oh. negative about it I do have a negative
2: about it as long as you don't reveal how it was. No, 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 no of course, course of course not, okay. because we saw that yeah, yeah I yeah, know yeah. Maybe. Yeah.
3: My, my negative with this is and I'm sure I can say this and if not we can cut this bit out my no. problem is with anything mm-hmm. where you have to take the thing off mm-hmm. and then you have to make them do the, the writing on the back of something on some pads you have to open it up and you have to rip it out and they have to write on the back yeah. you have to write on the back of this it's much more natural <coughs> for them to leave it exactly where it is do the writing, tear it off and that's what the natural completely thing would be I completely
1: agree with you however if you were to do that in this section what would happen? He would leave you with a nice sort of pretty obvious way about you do it. Oh, so, so you're saying around the natural, natural, natural. You know, around. if you if you were to write here, obviously it would leave an indentation. So, so hold on just... for, for
2: the listeners at home. Luch this... on the back of this Skeeter device okay. has a a, a a big Post-it notepad. Okay. And Kennedy is saying, why would you tear off the back of the Post-it notepad to put it on the front of the Skeeter? And Luchs has just drawn a circle and said. This is why, because yeah. you can now see the indentation in the pad beneath it. So, so, I'll, so you I'll, you I'll give everyone to that everyone who's
1: never seen a Skeeter. I'll very briefly describe what it is. We'll it looks look like into all of yeah, it looks like a promotional item that you might get from a trade show or an exhibition. Swear. Um And this is essentially a piece of plastic, acrylic or polycarb, uh, that's a little bit bigger than the size of regular post-it notes, and it has the the 3M logo on one side, and there is a very very clever. Um, psychological sort of convincer that this is essentially just a little post-it pad holder uh, where you can it's transparent and you can see the 3M logo in reverse all the way through yeah so it's literally to hold some post-it notes um, and it's the kind of thing that you would probably get at a trade show as a promotional item along with a mirror and a little comb or something like that free pencils um, a your
2: trade shows
3: has lovely hair
1: don't they they do yeah,
2: a bit you like know, your what, hair why, what trade shows are you going to where they're like here take some grooming items <laughs> yeah. oh, a mirror and a comb and- <laughs> oh I'll tell you when I did the, the close show when I did the clothes show
1: live at the NEC that's exactly the kind
2: of promotional well bike it's the clothes you know, show yeah, yeah
1: that makes sense alright All right, fair enough sense. you just yeah. said a trade <laughs> the show the kind of shows <laughs> that
3: Atlas would go would be handing out pizza and maybe diet pills <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was a low blow that's two <laughs> <laughs> podcasts in a row where you have beat up on him
3: it's alright oh what's that noise hang on is that, is, that, that, is, that the, is that the door? Hey,
1: is it our pizza? Is, is our pizza here? <laughs>
3: it's
1: here. Hey! So just to get back to this, you know, the actual section that we're on. Yes, yeah, Um If you were to, um, the post-it pad's stuck on one side. There's some post-it notes. Clearly, if you were to write something on, on the post-it, it would leave an indentation on the next sheet. And that is what people think. Yeah. So yeah, you're addressing yes. the issue and you're giving it context as to why you've got this by peeling off the top sheet, putting it simply onto the back. Uh, and getting them to write down or draw whatever you want. Yeah. They remove it, take it in their pocket, hide it away, whatever.
2: And you can and get instant, instant access, with, instant and, there access is, and there's key. clearly nothing underneath it. No. no. I mean, yes, there's, I mean just you can nothing.
1: see the impression there. It's a nice clear impression for yeah. something like that. And it's real time. Real time, so that the benefits are good. Negatives. Okay, my, my major negative is,
3: like with a lot of these things, you it's not very really good for, like, a word, is it? It's mainly for, like... Drawings, bold things. I think a big bold number, a couple of letters like initials will be fine.
1: What well, should we find out? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, let me okay. try this. Okay, let me write a word. Okay. Now do it normally. don't write it microscopically yeah, yeah, yeah. like to try and you know prove a point.
2: Now we don't want to read this name out loud that it's okay. just written. But can you see can you Oh, see? have I gotta
1: try and peek this? You gotta try and peek it. Right, okay. Yeah, I can see that. Can you see oh, that? Straight away. So you can see it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it really is a okay, nice peek. It's
3: a lovely peak. Alright, okay, you can see that. Let's have a look. Let's so have a little look at your peak here. Because I was concerned about that. Actually, you can really see that. No, no, it, it, it's a
2: great device uh, in what it does. Really, however, my thing is,
3: well. I, I'm really just concerned that it just looks
1: like, for some reason, it's really classy yeah. affair, classy event. You've got this yeah. piece yeah. of plastic. I really like how the way that you've tried to set up a failure of it. It's clearly not worked. And now you are trying to change your, your uh, approach to this. Well, there's a few things I don't like about it. Oh, and you, let's hear you should hear them let them me make
2: my arguments now. Please, okay. Right. First of all, it doesn't do anything. Alice, your was here. <laughs> you eat <to> that <laughs> it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't do anything that Take Note doesn't already do. So Seamus Maguire, I feel, is oh, a better method of else. doing it. It's been yeah, been yeah. More. But it's true. And in the meanwhile, oh. I did get one of these. It doesn't do anything that Take Note doesn't do. Okay. Um, and you have an extra thing to carry around with you. But more importantly, going to the durability. I did a gig with this in my vest pocket or in my waistcoat pocket. I guess you guys would say. And you ate it. What are you doing? Do? Sorry. Right, I'm going to lose like 100 pounds and have an eating disorder now, Ken, and it's going to be on you. But you look really good. I will look fabulous. I'll be mean, like, everything fits. All the clothes. Uh, no, I, it was in my waistcoat pocket, and uh, when I came out, you know, out from the gig, you know you know the bottom bit. I, I don't want to get into how this really works. This bit here. Yeah, it yeah. was all frayed around the edges, ah. and it, it was essentially ruined. Ah, Really? Yeah, well, so what kind of device say, can you not put in your pocket?
1: Only thing not. I can say is I've had this for maybe six years and it wow. looks pretty damn good. And and when you're performing, do you just shove it in your pocket? I mean, are you the kind of person who takes really good care of props or are you kind of
3: like just gotta get in your pocket, move on?
1: That was inside my. If I bring it in, it out, looked, it looked it like, like water really damage to a book. Do You know oh, what I mean? Really? The way he was sweaty. You go, sweaty belly. No, it yeah. wasn't sweaty belly. <laughs> sweaty belly. He had it in his vest pocket. <laughs> it it was, came out yeah. and it looked like it was. You literally,
2: you're like, you know your problem. It's that you're fat. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> it's nothing had to do with the Sweaty belly
1: syndrome. Um, <laughs> well, well, I've had it for six years. It doesn't look that bad. You can see there's like dirt around the edges, but this is the inside. Pocket. Okay. Uh, my major thing. I think my major thing with it is you're all dressed up quite
3: nicely. You know, you yep. wear your best Asda suit or whatever you're wearing next. next suit, and and then you get this out, and it's just it's blue. It's sort. It's just cheap looking. It doesn't look. It doesn't match the rest of your brand mm. or
1: whatever. You know. So does does a. Um... Uh, What's this called? What's this? Synthetic folio. What's it it called? Vinyl. Vinyl. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So basically, when you're on stage, you want to shout Office Max. Yes. Or Staples.
2: Yes. See, I would have thought the high quality... Vinyl isn't high class. You want leather. Right. Or at least leatherette. Where's the the leather one?
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm wearing the leather one. That's a different story. Whereas Atlas, um <laughs> he just
1: pulls out a pack of cards, so we can't really rip into him in terms of the aesthetic of the prop. Yeah, apart. From, it looks yeah. really yeah. natural.
2: Okay, he's gone for a cheap. I I say I say we vote now. Okay, really? let's vote.
3: Are, okay. Are we ready? Um, yeah, yeah. I'm going now have we I you can't to, vote
2: for your own I nope. you can't
3: vote for your own but I'm thinking there's you know what would I want to use more than the other thing well, okay. I, I already okay. know my vote
2: because I actually did have it it's a good prop for the most part I'm voting for Looch I'm going to vote I need a moment to think about this I don't know vote
5: um, What's
1: your... I am going to vote because I own one and I've used it I'm going to vote for the Wayne Rogers thing I've used it and I know it flies in on stage. It on flies. stage, I am going. Oh, to... Oh, you dirt bag! Why I... you bought his vote just now?
2: No, I've got one of these. I've never used Climpes twenty twenty, but I actually yeah, own one of these. But you're, you're going to well, fair enough. It's the same reason I voted for you. Okay. But I'm afraid that you I now. Already, I'm going to be I did, that I, did, I, I No,
3: he didn't sway me at all. I actually had my vote for already in my head, but <laughs> I just wanted to mix it up a little bit. Sounds suspicious. I'm going to vote because I think. I think it's the best way of doing it between the two things I'm going Come to go on. for the Skeeter with John yes! The fix is in! Yeah. Boom! <laughs> because I just think there's nothing you can't do. You're, you're wrong. to
2: 2020 is way
3: better. Okay. Yeah. Well, I love him. You know, you know, if I was going to do that I would do that. But I think maybe Skeeter. we do uh, yeah, to... Thank, thank you it. John Riggs. We love you. So it's only, the only person who's winning now is is Looch. Looch is in the lead yep. for Fight Your Corner.
1: And, yeah, oh no, no, not for taboo. We're drawing for taboo. We're no, losing. no, I'm winning for taboo. No, I won first time. First time, you and I. No, no, I'm... we drew. Whoa, whoa. I can't even remember. Yeah, you won.
3: You won. Yeah, and then you won. Taboo. And then I've won taboo. Why does it matter? Aren't we all winners <laughs> in our own way? He says the person who's losing. <laughs> have... Lovable loser. Lovable loser. Shall oh, but... we go back and say oh, is
2: still no. on the phone? Is he still <laughs> not turn the volume. Of he's still on the no. phone. No. He must have been for over an <laughs> hour. <laughs> usually it can happen is 90 an hour so um, right. it would probably and that's, and that's not just me I mean that's I pretty much that's pretty standard this for sounds. anyone that does I'm going like to just go on record and here stuff, but just to a little bit quicker how many tables well, I've done gigs for like Bruce uh, Precast and tables? stuff where, no people at the tables um, there's been you want me to do 500 in two hours that's impossible two hours to get through everyone oh, okay. um, so it might, it might be a good idea to have another entertainer there if you're trying to get oh, everyone at all the tables Okay.
5: should just pull all three of us to to do the gig. I, know I know that, that we had the American guy yeah. I know we looked at this, I was starting to uh, get suspicious to be fair year, at yeah. this point uh, it's it suspicious like, wait, what, well, I'm not surprised yeah, you're about what in 45 minutes the, <laughs> <year>? <laughs> just, um, pen in the ass trying to sort it out but, um, they looked to book Dynamo last year and I think they looked to book him again this year their budget was around I think he wanted 25 for like 20 minutes 25. Um, quicker, I think our budget <laughs> story. Story. I don't know you I don't know if you've got a big profile elsewhere and stuff but
3: yeah. Uh, quite oh, wow. There you go. He's <laughs> still there. So, what's Still next? chatting away. Let's find out what's next.
0: Words in my mouth.
1: Right. We might as well get it over and done with. Favorite part of the podcast? Not words in your mouth.
2: Yeah, well, you won't particularly love it because... I didn't
1: like it last week.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, you'll like it even less this time. Oh, you wanna know why? you guys done? time burgled an hour and a half of my life. <laughs> I'll never get it back. I had things I was going to do, and now I can't. So, to this one is a little bit more aggressive, I think, than the last one. Oh, no. Okay, let's see what you've got. This is a clip from last month's episode that you guys weren't really impressed with. You didn't like how you came across... And so you made me cut it, mm. right? But I liked, I liked some of the things that you guys said, and so I wanted to leave it in. Well, you know what? I'm the editor. I'm, I'm bringing it back. This is a resurrected clip. Oh, no. So here we go. Whoever you are, we really like you. <laughs> you know, Kennedy, a lot of performers are renowned for having a, a sort of a pre-show ritual that they'll do, something that they'll tell themselves to sort of uh, reaffirm everything that they believe about themselves. Um, I know that you have something that you tell yourself before every single one of your shows. Do you mind sharing what that is?
3: You're going to get laughed at. The kind of people you're going to look stupid. That's <laughs> for <adamant, laughs> all of mentalism. So it
2: sounds like before the show, you just sort of calmly remind yourself of some very basic, simple home truths and uh, and, and, and move on. Is that it? I think I do. So let me ask you, Kennedy, you've seen Luch's show. What would you tell him about his show? What, what what sort of thing would you say to him?
3: You do this really transparent stuff or really <laughs> completely stuff. It's not interesting. It's not pacey enough or it's not even fooling. <laughs> then, then there's no mystery anymore. Now,
2: now hang on, Kennedy. I'm going I'm to interrupt you. Luch, I want you to, to have a chance to respond to, to what Kennedy's saying. Uh, what do you think about it?
1: Ken's talking rubbish I, think that's I, don't, I don't
2: think it is Okay then, so how would you characterise your last show? Uh, absolutely fantastic Really? It was truly, amazing. <laughs> truly you know, amazing I have to agree with you 100% I saw your show, I thought it was absolutely exquisite Well thought out, brilliant from start to finish Expert showmanship A masterclass in performance And mystery
1: <laughs> Are you just saying
2: that? <laughs> uh, moving right along Right, so I, I understand that um, you were with Kennedy at the end of his last show. Is that is that correct? Uh, absolutely. And what did you think of Kennedy's show? Oh, shit. Uh, based on the mantra we heard him giving out uh, just a moment ago, uh, I would think that during this show and even after, he's, he's in quite an emotionally fragile state with a, with a very tender ego. Uh, what was he like afterwards? So I I instantly
1: just put my arm around him, to which he (laughs) put his arm around me as well, and he almost sank down to his knees a little bit. I just sort
2: of rolled him up, and he was crying. Yeah, (laughs) I kind of get that Ken would probably end his act by crying an awful lot. You know, Kennedy, have you considered actually making your act better? Maybe entertaining? How would I do that? I I (laughs) don't want to force my uh, ideas or opinions on you, but have you considered maybe getting some good material? Great idea. <laughs> you know, Kennedy. I gosh, it's really hard to know how to say this. I've heard from a lot of people that have gone to your shows that you're a sort of spit talker, um, <laughs> and that there's like a recognized splash zone for the whole front row where you sort of drench them. Luke you've been to his shows. Uh, what's what's that? What's that distance?
1: Um, anywhere up to sort of 70 feet away. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> What's I think you have a fetish. Yeah,
2: for spitting all over at members of your own audience. <laughs> Dude, I'm, you sound surprised by this. Are, are you really saying that you didn't know that it was happening?
3: I didn't realize at
2: the time. I mean, that's, that's okay though, Kennedy. There's, <laughs> it's something you should obviously work on, but you're not the only one with a sort of weird um, element to your life. Looch, for instance, um, I found out something strange about him the other day. Now, Lutz, not to um, not to be crude here, but <laughs> this is one of these things that I found out about you: is that when you, um, how should we put this, and not be in politic, uh, when you urinate at a toilet, you, there's a sort of game that you like to play.
0: That got uh, your where attention. You
2: start quite close to the bowl, and then you step backwards, sort of a foot <laughs> at a time. Um, what, what's your goal? What's your end game here? Why, why do you do this? What, what are you oh, hoping? No. Uh, what, what's what's the outcome that you're looking for? You can be stored in another room.
1: <laughs> Kenny, you, uh, you, uh, you can be in another room.
3: Yeah, how would you leave the room? Well, you might, would... if, For example, if you're yeah. performing, you'd never leave the room. And my audience will leave the room, if I got
2: to keep them. There. Wait, 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 wait. Ke- Kennedy, did you just say you have an audience for when you go to the toilet?
0: Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: In, in, in... actually you know what kennedy I'm, I'm just gonna stop you there i'll interrupt and we'll uh, we'll move on to something else now uh, i know you've sort of taken turns being critical of each other's shows um but we've not really addressed any of my work of, of my shows um what wh- what do you guys think about uh, both my material and my actual show
3: pretty bloody intelligent <laughs> phenomenal production value practical workable stuff
1: He's a worker. You know, he's a really out there performer. He's extremely charming as well as so that. Helps. Yes. There's, I mean, there's no doubt and there's no denying that he's a fantastic performer. Yeah.
2: Really? So you, you're a fan of mine? I am. If <laughs> you were looking to book a gig, uh, what, what would you say to me? You're hired. Uh, let's get you booked in. Wow, guys. that That's uh, appreciated. This is... Um... I know both of you, and this is clearly sincere.
1: And heartfelt, because we care. Ah, oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, that, that means a lot to me. Um, you know, like, eh, know
2: super douchey, like, waste an hour and a half of my time. Uh, or, or, you know, collude behind my back to uh, embarrass me. It's, 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 you're such good friends. You're such good friends, and I, I appreciate that so much. So, so much. <laughs> so there you go. That's, oh, uh, that's words my in my mouth. And guys, I, I think it's really fitting. Yeah. It's really beautiful. <laughs> yeah. it's a,
3: it's a beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful woman. was oh, shit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> right, so this is something that we thought we'd try out for, you know, something fun for the listening audience at home. Uh, this was Luch's idea, and I think it's a pretty good idea. He, it occurred to him that a lot of mentalism books have titles... That you could refer to sort of cryptically. Hmm. So we've each come up with a cryptic reference to a title. And what we'll do is we'll we'll give you our clues. The first person to get all three right will win a free copy from me of either The Prodigal or The Real Thing. It's your choice. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's, it's a nice little prize just for yeah. listening and well, and along.
3: All you need to do is inbox us. In, uh, privately, don't do a comment or anything like that because people will see your answer or your answers. But just inbox us on the Three Mentalist Walk Into A Podcast Facebook page. You can see there's a little place at the top right-hand corner where you can drop us a little inbox message. And if you're the winner, we'll get we'll get back to you. If you're the first person to come back to us with all three answers,
2: so yeah. Now, if I think it's important to say, if you don't hear back from us, you can assume that you're not the winner. Mm, um, we can't come back every single yeah, Exactly. But but uh, for the first person who actually gets all three of these correctly, right? Uh, you will get a prize of your choice so just specify what it would be the product or the real thing
3: okay let's go to the clues Looch your clue for your product
1: Uh, me and Atlas went to the chippy last week Uh, we were sat down having something to eat and when they brought the food um, and this is twice it's the second time it's happened I got the hell of it, hadn't I yeah it's the second time it happened and I said um, you know yours is bigger than
2: mine hmm that's the not the first time, by the way, I've heard that from Luch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so mine is, um, is slightly different. I uh, went to a gallery, mm-hmm. and there were a lot of paintings up on the wall. Uh, and there was one painting that just said the word mentalism. And uh, I really liked that one. Okay, that's your clue? That's my clue. All
3: right, so the other day the doorbell rang. And when I opened the door, there was nobody standing there. But when I looked down, there was a crate, like a big old-fashioned wooden crate with an arrow. Brilliant. That's it. right? So style. three different clues for three different mentalism releases, shall we say? Yeah, books. I, books, I think okay. Say yep. books. Yeah.
1: They are supposed to be cryptic. So yeah, so they're not direct.
3: So all you need to do, if you want to be the person who wins either the prodigal or... What the one, real one? thing. The real thing. If you want to be in with a chance of being the winner of either of those two publications from Atlas Brookings, is drop us a private inbox message on the Three Mentalist Walk Into a Podcast Facebook page. And if you're the first person to get in touch with us who has all three answers correct, we will message you back and let you know that you are the lucky ducky winner.
2: Yeah, I was, I was just going to add, uh, while you're there, maybe take some time to click the like button. Click the, button
3: the like the button page, and uh, you know spread the joy, click the share button as well, that'll be nice. Invite your friends, spam them, you yeah. don't do that bit. But, you know, just share the love.
0: This episode is sponsored by Michael Murray's Mind Effects. Cutting edge mentalism for the modern performer. Visit mindfx.co.uk Mentalism taboo. Right. Well, we are genuinely
2: neck and neck. See, this is at least more competitive <laughs> yeah. oh, in the yeah. final round. Because yeah. the first ra- or the first time we did this, I didn't stand a chance. No. Nope. Because you, um. you sucked. <laughs> you want to go there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, I have no interest in this because I can't win. No, so I'm just going well, to you can sit help... this one out. No,
3: but you can help me win and make sure he doesn't. <laughs> this is bragging oh, okay. rights.
1: I could at least come last place still. Yeah. So Whereas let's just get this. You can conceivably come in second place. So if if I get a lot right, Ken wins. If I get them all wrong, Atlas, Atlas wins. wins. Well, okay. Well, who do, we have... who do you like best? Who do you oh, feel? Oh, you can't do that. that. Put me on the spot. Yeah, but what who you do you feel? Maybe two two you kind of owe an hour and a
2: half of their time to? Okay, so. Well,
1: I'm just going to play it as best as I can. Okay, good. And not not cheat.
3: Any order, do you want me to go from the top down or from the face? Do you care? Uh, just
1: flip them over. Three, okay. two, one, begin.
3: Okay, the bloke sitting to my right released a thing with you would think it was about postcards. So who's sitting to my right? Atlas. And it's, imagine you're on, on Post- a holiday. Postal? Imagine you're, on, imagine you're on a holiday. What would you write in the sand?
1: Um... Wish What's, you were here, can't Yes, I oh, yes. I can't if, believe you got there. Yes, yeah. Wish you
3: we were here about this, but I've never even heard of it. Um, uh, One of... You, you know you know the mentalist who is really scary? but He's a really nice bloke, actually. He's not scary, but he looks scary. Yep. American. Do you know I'm talking about? With the dark hair and the, and the point... And yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Max Maven. Yeah, he did a really, really old... Book years ago. it sounds oh, like the word, yeah, theatrical. yeah, yeah, uh, it sounds the of, the oh, word. No, yeah. Sounds a lot. Oh no,
0: I've lost just like that. <laughs> um,
3: what the? I'm not doing that one oh uh, my goodness. What? um Okay. So I have. A, I have. A, no, I can't even describe. That. I have a routine where I end up with a with a with a with a bunch of stuff in a suitcase or a briefcase. Okay. And there's there's a thing. Time. The, oh, I was trying to describe the, g- the gizmo lock. Oh, that was. Right, okay. Do you know what I've um. I don't even know what that is. Psy
1: for my paper cream. Paper cream. I don't know that. No. That's a shame. Chris Malok. Lock. Sorin, oh. You should have just said the guy who created the... Um... Ray. Yeah, I'd have been on that. The what?
2: That one, yes. I didn't Sorin. get to that. I didn't get to oh, that yet. Okay. I didn't get to that one yet. See, that's why I actually helped Kennedy by flipping through and just saying, right, pass, pass, pass. That's if good, I could help technique. him out. It's a good technique. I know, but okay. you guys made fun of me for it back in round two. Do you remember we, that? Do you know that like we just make fun of you for everything? Oh, yeah. So no, that's who true. So you won. Kennedy won. We are the champions.
3: You and say so, and you and I tried.
2: I, three piece. So I'm not last place. No.
3: But you are I'm last a piece. silver medalist. No, no, you're not. You're not a silver
2: medalist. No, because How you got two. How many did I two? get? You
3: got two. No, I think I got more than that.
1: You got two. You got Should the I medical you were you. Oh, that's a shame. So overall for the podcast, I won the episode <laughs> one. <laughs> Please I didn't get that. Him won episode <laughs> two. So, Atlas has yet to win. Yeah, you'll win next time, Atlas. So, you've got to win better. Or
3: it'll be a running thing that you're always a loser.
1: Loser, loser!
0: Underused mentalism principles.
1: So now we are back into the section where we talk about underused principles in mentalism.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we had some really interesting conversation last time with the first episode. Yeah. Uh, we talked about contact mind reading and things like that. Yeah. Ken, have you got something that you feel uh, is, you know, underused? In yeah, mental? I think
3: stilt walking is, is underused. What you could do is you have somebody... Hang which, on, hang on, hang
1: on. Stilt walking. Walking on stilts. Really it,
3: changes, it
2: changes the angle for peaks. It makes exactly. it a lot
3: easier. So you can be up much higher and you can see straight down.
1: Okay, that would be quite... well. Okay, Acidus you- might be quite a difficult peak. <laughs> <laughs> you would need like, binoculars. <laughs> binoculars. You know if you've
2: never tried it, you can't speak to it. That's, no, that's right, true. That's have true. you tried it? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there, was this,
3: uh, there was this one time when this girl uh, sort of show- showed me how to do the still walking, and I thought that would be a really good technique to so be able to get a really good vantage point yeah. when someone's doing a-, a drawing.
1: Alice, have you tried this?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm proficient with still walking. I don't feel it's underused. In my show, it's 90% of what I do. But what I do feel is underused is the um, is the uh, secret bathroom reconnaissance. What's that? Uh, it's it's where you uh... okay.
1: Give me an example. What, what what have you heard overheard in a bathroom?
2: Well, my own flatulence is often difficult to uh, to hear past. Yeah. Um. So many bathroom emergencies. It's, it's my diet. I think is okay. What really needs to change. Um, you know, I'm going to go ahead and call cut on this one.
1: Okay. Okay, so as much as I uh, really you know, enjoyed listening to you talk about overhearing conversations in bathrooms and talking about stilt peeking and, and, and crap like that, <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah. Um, what genuine underused principles in mentalism do you think are out there?
3: I mean, I think do you know one of the things that I've really learned a lot from you guys is, is the idea of two-person coding. You know, ah, okay. you know coding acts and 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 secret communications between people i know you guys a pair of you have done done some work research and, and some advancements in that area and it's something i don't know a great deal about i've mm-hmm. read a couple of books i've seen some great acts but i don't know much about it i mean well how do you feel about it do you think it is underused or do you think one of those things are oh, so i think bad? it's massively
2: underused because the first thing you need is another mentalist and that's not something that's readily available for a lot of people uh, and the fact is, coming up with a two-man show is incredibly difficult. When I when I work with Luch with the two-man show, um, there's some give and take, isn't there? Because you've got a very different style to my style. You know, like with the with the two-man thing that we've come up with, the two-man show, there's some give and take, and I have a different creative vision, you have a different creative vision, and there's a lot of compromise that goes into that, that you wouldn't necessarily... It wouldn't be the first thing you think about when you're coming up with a two-man show. But on the flip side, some of the stuff that we can do... It just seems impossible. It's, it's literally us, and that's it. Yeah. Props, are, props are absolutely uh, unnecessary. Sometimes we use them, sometimes we don't. They're, they're, they're actually to fit the storytelling aspect of it, if we do indeed use them. Don't you think we're too personal just to Just to put, play devil's advocate, because I really like what
3: you, you've done with it, and I like what other people have done with it. But doesn't it just become a puzzle to the audience where they know somehow that you're communicating with the other person. Yeah, and an they're just trying to
1: work out how all you're trying to do is come up with a more perplexing puzzle. Well, that's why you have to throw in different types of coding. So sometimes we will use a verbal code. Sometimes we will use a code that's based around silence and timing and pauses. Sometimes you could even throw in electronics. Mm-hmm. Although I've not seen that we do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is the option You could there. do You things. could do that. So by mixing the code up, it makes it even more difficult to reverse engineer for any of the people out there. That you know might be
2: thinking, oh, they're doing something with their voice, and and I think it depends on how conversational it is. Luch and I have gotten to the point where we're pretty conversational about uh, about what we're actually doing, and and I think the thing that's unique is that we've we've got different ideas as to what we can do with this. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know you'll open up your cell phone, pull out a picture, and at the end of the day, Luch will describe the picture or even draw that picture, duplicating it. Uh, there's there's uh, and this is the thing is it's just another tool that you can create with and it's kind of cool in that um, there's there's something that you did uh, for instance with uh, the bookshelf
1: well that was one of the very first things that we came up with yeah. right, with the bookshelf okay. essentially what we could do is me and Atlas could um, Atlas would give some instructions so if it was to do it with you in fact you know let's should we do it should we give it a go we haven't done it for a few months but should we uh, should we have a go
2: yeah. yeah we may as well yeah Ken you up for that yeah absolutely let's try this Right, uh, so, Luch, why don't you, um, why don't you leave the room? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that way you can't see anything. Kennedy, uh, you've got a bookshelf here filled with loads and loads and loads of books. Yep. Do me a favor, Kennedy. Um, approach the bookshelf. Remove one book off the shelf anywhere that you want to. Any any shelf, any... Any shelf, any book. Okay. Open it to any page that you want to and just remember the first word on that page, okay?
3: Okay. I'm doing that in- I'm just showing it to Atlas. Okay. So Fair he enough. Just, he's got it. Okay, and I'll just pop it back.
2: And do you want to fetch Luchs for me?
3: And I'll get Luchs from the other room. Good. Okay, good. So, there we are. Cool. Done. You're
4: welcome
2: back in. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Luch, will you approach the bookshelf, please? Uh, yeah.
3: Okay, so Lucia's sort of staring at the bookshelf right now. Uh, Bear in mind this has not been prepared, so they are on the spot. I want to check if you can find the correct book. Okay. So Lucia's sort of looking at the one, two, three, the fourth shelf down at the moment. And he's waving his hand sort of over the books uh, in some kind of psychic-y looking way. Okay, he's sort of moving his fingers across the shelf, he's picked up a book, he's picked up a book called, show me the title, Mind, Mind Candy.
1: Candy. Candy, by Dean Montalbano, I think. Okay. Uh, if
2: you can, will you open it to the correct page and tell Kennedy his word?
1: Okay, let's
2: see, he's
3: flicking through this Mind Candy book.
2: Uh, I think the word.
3: He's looking over the page right now, what's going on, what are you thinking?
1: I think the word's if.
3: It is the word if, and that's the
1: correct one. Yeah. Great job. Absolutely brilliant. Okay. Thanks. Wow. And how long has it since you've done this? That particular... but well, that was one of the very first routines that we came up with. It's mm-hmm. it quite a lot to, to, to sort of take on board. I'm just going to come back around so you guys can hear me. Um, it's quite a lot to remember. Uh, and it's, it's it's very, very basic for the, for the code that we've been working on. Yeah. Um, so it's heavy reliant on certain things. Uh, and it's... Because it's one of the very first things that we came up with, I I look back on that and think of it as as a very basic, almost... We feel sometimes it might be a little bit obvious sometimes, so we've we've worked and
2: developed... Yeah, yeah, I mean, and and, and, and with that, I sort of enunciated a bit to sort of really drive the the thing home to to you. But the bottom line is, um, I haven't done it for ages, but... You can still do it. Yeah. So if anybody's thinking about it, And it is amazing, it's impressive when you...
3: If anybody's thinking about sort of getting into doing a two-person code and maybe they're thinking, oh, you know, I've heard those two guys do it on the podcast and I really want to do it, what's the starting point? Like, it, Obviously, it's find a person.
2: Yeah, make yeah. sure that they're intelligent enough to remember the things that need to remember uh, and then make it as intuitive as possible.
1: Intuitive for yourselves. I mean, the, the, the thing is with my, me and Atlas, we, we draw on similar things that we already know and we've built a code around that. And then once we've got the foundation and the structure in there, then it's based on almost like common sense for, for ourselves. We know mm-hmm. if one rule applies to something, it will quite often apply to something else. It's difficult to explain without really giving that much away. But one of the things that we purposely avoided doing at the start is to look at what other two-person people, 2 person act codes would do. Yeah,
2: I, I feel like when you're trying to be creative, sometimes looking at what other people have done... It almost almost tells you what the borders are and what the boundaries are and so you limit yourself in a lot of different ways as opposed to um, looking at something and saying you know what, Uh, I think we could do this and then you problem solve your way through it if you you look at what someone else has achieved you often view that as well that's that's the limit otherwise it would have gotten better it would have gotten different or they would have been able to solve this problem Um, but in in point of fact they um, they just think differently
1: one of the pinnacles for us is to when we made the breakthrough with the Q and A, we're able to to answer questions uh, from the audience, specific, you know, personal questions, without anything like literally. Yeah. Atlas can can tell me everything that I need to know, and I can then pinpoint who that person is, what kind of um, question they're focusing on, and from that, um, give a you
2: know, a very, very accurate answer to
1: that thought of question.
2: Yeah. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was a really cool night. The, the first time we sort of... We'd taken these principles, we kind of worked with them and we created something and then the very first night we actually performed it for an audience. The lady's question in this Q&A and it was great. It was just pencil and a slip of paper and Lucha, you know, he was blindfolded up front um, and the question was something like uh, yes. will I be, I be from, famous... Yeah. Um, and, and you were able to tell her what the question was and yeah. then actually go through in detail uh, the answer, they were, they were blown away. Yeah. And it was one of these things where you'd never have thought you could do a, a Q&A you know, mm. er, using this, this technique, uh, but it, it worked really well. And there was, there was a great moment too when we'd had participants empty their pockets okay. and someone had a cigarette lighter and he literally forced it into my hand and with a very you know, very happy face pointed out that it was inscribed with the six of spades. And I just thought, yeah, we've got this covered. <laughs> <laughs> we've
1: got so many, what do you say, categories and things like that of things that we we were able to communicate. Because the guy thought, oh, here we go. The L- lighter, yeah, you might be able to to, yeah. to work that out.
3: But he's not going to be. But tell us
1: what the inscri- inscribing is.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Point,
1: so I mean, from, so you think that
3: you feel like it's a really underused principle. For, for bang for the buck, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple of ways you can do it as well. Though, is that you've got the overt way, which is that you're, you're build as a two-person act. But the other mm. way is you can do it where people don't even know it's a two-person act.
1: Yes, we've seen some of those as well. And there's some really nice bits in there. Um, but we can also include that by apparently isolating one member of the group. Yes. So, for example, if Atlas is, um, say, for example, he collects something up. Mm-hmm. he could be my visual peak and he you know, secretly could get, uh, gain access to the information it doesn't have to be overtly done it could be secretly done Yes, um, but still be able to then communicate that to me yeah so
3: he could do the peak on the card and then communicate the thing to exactly. you and you never need to touch the card
1: mm. that's really really powerful stuff. very very strong stuff I think what Atlas says with in terms of bang for your buck um, there is nothing I don't think that you cannot duplicate uh, within mentalism uh, with a two-person act, I think yeah. it's a, such a strong thing to
2: have. Absolutely true. I mean, we do drawing duplications, yep. we do uh, name revelations, mm-hmm. we do memories. I mean, there's there's loads of things. It, almost any plot in mentalism, from a book test to to on up, you can yeah. you can do. With a two-man code. And it's, mm. it's, we're building it all the time. Do you know? It's quite
3: the, nice, because if code. you come up with the right system, you can just sort of build it modularly, can't you? With, well,
1: this yeah, is, it evolves. We, we had this thing the other, the other week, and we talked about the intu- intuition behind this um, code. Because there are things to do with uh, colours. I'm sure Atlas won't mind me talking about this. If not, he can bloody edit it out. He, <laughs> but there's this thing with colours that we understand, and we know certain colours mean things. And from that, we said, you know, we could even do flavours of things. And we looked at chewing gum. Oh, yeah. And based on the colours, we would then. Oh, well, I would think green would be.
3: Well, let's, let's yeah, let's hear a What would yellow be? Yellow would be that tutti frutti thing. Yeah, yeah. What would uh, what would red be? Uh, oh, it's that aniseed one, isn't it? The sina- yeah, cinnamon, cinnamon. One. Sorry, yeah. cinnamon. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we had two. Gum, we had cinnamon. Black for the... would be black. I don't know what black is. Licorice. Licorice. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't. I don't eat much gum, so I'm not a very good barometer for that. But yeah, that absolutely Why makes sense. I don't think anyone eats gum. Well, I think they chew it. Easy.
1: Tiger, <laughs> I think Kennedy gargles it. Yeah, I just <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah. Brilliant. So, anyways, um, what next? Moving hastily
3: on. <laughs> Moving hastily on from <laughs> gargling onto the next section.
0: This episode is sponsored by Michael Murray's MindFX, cutting-edge mentalism for the modern performer. Visit mindfx.co.uk. Performance craft.
2: Right, so this, this is what I genuinely feel like is, is the most important bit of the podcast, uh, and that is the performance craft. This is where we sort of mull over and discuss things that you're not going to find uh, kind of anywhere else from anyone else. This is the sort of. It's the stuff that's not in the books, isn't it? It's yeah, like, it's it, not another it is, trick. It's, 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 the, the it's the experiential stuff. The gravy. Like,
1: what? <laughs> The gravy. Everyone <laughs> likes and has a nice bit of gravy poured over things. Oh
0: yes. It's the gravy it's the, oh, Yeah,
2: but the, the way you said gravy was really off putting. Why? Towards all of gravy. Gravy. Oh it's nice. No, you went
0: The Gravy. Tell me that does not sound scary. The gravy.
2: Yeah. Right, so let's let's move on. No, no, I, I like the intro so far. This is awful. Yeah, it's pretty bad. But we're keeping it. They're hating us. What? No, you people hate people
3: are it. switching off right now and they're like stopping their download and they're like Yeah, it's
2: because you're talking.
1: Okay, it's because you poo-pooed my gravy. poo <laughs>
2: Not even touching that sentence. This is this is no. This is the cool thing that I I like the best about the show. It's where we get to talk about some of the things that we've actually learned on stage. Mm-hmm. One of the things I learned on stage has to do with um, picking the right participant for the right bit, like for for like I did for my three colored envelopes routine. <laughs> yeah, you know that. That, if, you'd, if you'd listened to the podcast you'd have been like hang on a minute is she blind <laughs> no the uh, there's bits in like for instance in my show there's bits where I, I want to get a laugh I want to be a bit light hearted you know to lighten the mood after maybe something dramatic or something quite heavy has happened or, or really amazing a lot of heavy things happen in your show don't they yes
0: finish him <laughs>
3: <laughs> anyway talking about laughter come on tell yeah, us how so- you make them laugh Right
2: you know what you're a bad friend now the um no the the cool thing uh is that if you choose the right participant, you can really elevate something uh there's There's a very funny bit that I'll use to illustrate the point that i'm trying to, to make here. Uh, Angelo Carbone has something called cue the Magic," which is a great piece. I use it in my set if it's long enough because I have a torn muscle in my back, mm-hmm. so actually being on stage really exacerbates that muscle, so i like to I like a chance to sit so if the show's long enough, I will sit on the stool and it comes with flashcards and they're literally prompt cards. So you pull someone out of the audience and you, you say, you're going to take over the show for the moment. It's a, great, it's a great routine but they sort of read the, the cue cards. That's what they are, okay. the cue cards. They okay. read the cue cards and there's a, a, a lot of room for some natural humor and it's, it's also a great way to sort of shine a light on that person and make them the star. Sure. And one of the things I learned um, when I did this was it really matters who you choose if you want something to be funny, yeah, uh, and it's and it's not that that person has to be inherently funny, but if you pick someone that only a corner of the room knows, some random person from one table that's at this event, yeah. you're going to get that table laughing with them because presumably those are the that's friends. That's right, yeah. But you miss an opportunity to get the whole room laughing, and then that makes it stronger. So one of the things that I, I've realized is if you pull up the person that sort of organise the event or that the event is for, that everyone is there and that they know, that everyone in that room knows, when they come up for a bit that's funny, everybody is laughing. Yeah, they're bought in, aren't they? They're yeah, everyone's <laughs> laughing because afterwards they can all go, oh, Dave, what were you thinking up there? And it, and they and all while they're sitting re- there all thinking, oh, Dave's up there, look at him go. Oh, Yeah, oh, it's oh, suddenly he's... relatable to everyone yeah. and therefore it's relevant to everyone. Um, and, and I think when you're doing comedy, you really need to to be able to think it through and think who is going to be the right person for this specific bit mm-hmm. and, and I can tell you I've done this enough times now to know you know what it really does matter for some of those routines if you want a routine where everyone's going to feel special again it's the same sort of a thing now there, there are different routines where you, you might want someone who's a bit more quiet okay. or you might want someone who's loud and brash because you've got a surprise for them at the end okay do you know what I mean and then a piece of natural comedy sort of works out from that
1: Well, you're simultaneously allowing the whole room to access the show at the same time, aren't you?
2: Yeah, Yeah. that's exactly it. Because suddenly, (laughs) they're tied in. They're emotionally invested in the person on stage. And it it does make a difference. Uh, For instance, I use... I I really do love my handling of Colin McLeod's Bookless Book Test. Um, And there's obviously that bit where you sort of want someone who's a bit more quiet as opposed to someone that might, you know, uh, say something that you don't want them to say. Yes, And so... Before the show, I like to try and pick out for certain bits who would work with, but I've gotten to the point where I can look at people from the stage. If I don't get that opportunity, I can look at people from the stage and based on how they carry themselves, how they sit, what they look like, what they've dressed, you know, what, uh, how conservatively they dress, that sort of thing, I can tell they'll be good for this or they won't. So how often do you get the opportunity to sort of judge people and weigh them up before the show? Do you, do you get to do that often or not? It, it all depends on the venue and the type of the show. If I've, if I've done a bit it of mix and mingle before, wise, would you say? I would say probably 50% of the time and, and that's why again I'm comfortable now doing it from stage. Yes, I'm, I'm comfortable that I've gotten to the point where I can kind of look at someone and say they'll be fine for this or I can look at someone and say they're definitely not going to be fine for this and, 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 and if I'm not confident with it I've got a filler piece instead.
3: And I'm assuming this is something you've learned by getting it wrong a few times and choosing absolutely the wrong person.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the way way things work. Unfortunately, it doesn't always go the way that you want. But handling those those moments, uh, I mean, this is something we can talk about in a different section or in a different podcast. But there is a right way to fail on stage. There's a wrong way to fail on stage. And everyone fails. It's part of the learning experience. But being able to consistently identify the right person for the bit really can elevate that that emotion that you're going for, whether it's hilarity, whether it's amazement, whether it's um, excitement or, or mystery. So there's- if
3: anybody's sitting there, I'm just thinking, if anyone, anyone's sitting there who's perhaps had less stage time than perhaps yourself, Atlas, and they're thinking, oh my goodness, I'm going to go on stage and I've, I've got to somehow weigh up these people – what, have you got any shortcuts, any, any quick tips? I mean, it's not going to be foolproof. None of, it, none of it's foolproof. We'll all still make mistakes. We'll all still choose the wrong damn person. Yeah, I'll, but have you got some quick tips you can give to us where we can think, actually, that's
2: what I could go to apply what you've just said? Yeah, two, two things. First is, if you're looking for someone who's a bit more reticent, they will visually appear to you to be smaller because they make themselves smaller and they won't make eye contact as easily. If you're looking for someone who's loud and brash, they will be bigger and they will make eye contact. And they will smile or there will be a reaction on their face when they do make eye contact. Okay. And and this is something that you can notice just casting your eyes across the audience. Yeah.
3: And, and you mean, can you notice know, it like every day life. You can practice it every day life. You can just walk around into a coffee shop, pick up your coffee and just have a look around at the people who are sitting there and just think, I would pick him, I wouldn't pick
2: him. Yeah, exactly. You're not using any other skill set than one that you already have. It's just paying attention to it. That's and smart. you're right. You can do it in a coffee shop and just say... I would say they're probably a quieter person. They would fit for this, 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 or this. And I would say they're probably a louder person. They would fit for this, 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 and this. And in comedy moments, you typically want those louder people. Or again, that one person that everyone knows. It really does elevate that moment for everyone in the room.
1: One of the uh, surefire things that Alex told me about when he... We spoke about this before. Yeah. Especially in a corporate setting is to uh, to pick the one person that everyone knows. Uh, and I think, you, did you choose the boss of one of the companies once?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it,
1: it's it's a figurehead isn't it everyone
3: yeah. knows so it's funny you should say that actually, just to interrupt you is I'm often told by the PA or whoever has booked me the only person you're not to choose is the boss so did mm-hmm. you pre-agree that that was going to be okay to use the boss or did you just Risk it for the chocolate biscuit. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I, think
2: I think the chocolate only chocolate reason the PA would tell you don't choose the boss is because they're uncertain of what you would do. If they're confident they'll be safe with you, that they'll emerge looking great, and th- again, it comes down to your routine, your material. Yeah. I'm completely happy that whoever comes up on stage with me is going to emerge happy for yeah. having gone up there, that's and the they're going to be a hero. And, and, and yeah. that's it. You don't want to embarrass the boss. You, right. never get, you never get hired again. But you do want, this is the other part of it. You, you want that guy who hired you to have had such a good time and have so many people compliment him afterwards for participating in that one bit that he thinks, this was amazing. And then what does he do? He tells all his friends. Right. And this was, this was the experience of a lifetime. And he, he has had no hesitation in recommending you.
1: Well, I was out in, um, in Spain in December at a corporate out there at La Manga. And uh, I was told specifically, that table there is a CEO. He wants to see what you do. Make sure you go out there and do something for him. But it was in a mingling capacity. Yes. It wasn't on stage. It was something a little bit different. Oh, yeah. And I think a lot of the time, because the PA is the one who's been in charge of the booking and the organisation of the event, yeah. it's, but it's all on me. If, if he embarrasses you, then I'm the one who's going to get into trouble He's on the Monday morning. Yeah, yeah. Whereas uh, in that dynamic with the mix and mingle, she wanted to make sure that she could see what was going on around the room and there was excitement. Yeah. So she wanted to make sure that the boss saw that so it would look good on her. because she That's the
3: right. They want to see the value. Exactly. And, that's, a really good and, way that, and that's
2: something that, depending on your relationship with the booker, if you've made them feel that Their event is safe in your hands. Mm. There won't be any caveats, any, you know, stay away. There won't, there's no rules because they trust you.
3: Yeah, I mean, the reason I think the reason that happens to me is because my character on stage is quite abrasive and quite, you know, we don't let the CEO to be embarrassed and they know that's what they're hiring and they know that I'm kind of, uh, although they know I'm a bit bit more gritty. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I'm selling. So, and that makes sense for what I'm doing. Okay, that's, that's really, really interesting. Um, do you want me to share my little
2: bit of no hand have you got any closing thoughts on that before we move on no I, I would just say if you're interested in it take it and do what you said do it you know at a coffee shop and just sort of practice and think what do I think? That's what I do? I mean, I spend a lot of time person. in airports and train stations, and yeah.
3: so and I mean, they're perfect t- times to observe people and just watch their behaviors and see.
1: Well, that's how writers get inspiration for characters in books. Yeah, of public course. transport, of just course, watching yeah. characters, people, watching, watching. The people.
2: Yeah, and and the other thing I was going to say is obviously there's that moment where you have to consider your personal show and what does it need for this effect to best succeed. Yeah, because it, it, I think so many people go out there and they just do their show, and the people are an irrelevant but necessary factor in it whereas they really should be a very important consideration getting just the right person it's almost like you're bringing someone up for a job and you want them to be the right person for that job it's a great way of thinking about it it's a really good way of thinking about it yeah brilliant thanks for that the
3: thing the thing i was going to share with you in this episode is a technique that's got many different names but what i always refer to it as a spatial anchoring. And basically it's a way of increasing the impact of any emotion that you get from your show. So for example, if you want at some point to make everybody laugh. I go and stand, for example, I always come and stand downstage centre. When I'm doing a laughy bit. When it's a humorous bit, where I'm poking fun at people, they know that as soon as I'm walking downstage centre, they know I'm gonna start poking fun at people. However, if I'm standing, let's say it's downstage left, they know I'm probably, or sort of, you know, slightly further upstage and totally downstage, but you know, left a little bit, they know that I'm gonna be probably doing something a bit more serious. What that means is later on in the show, when I wanna go transition from serious to comedy again. I'll, I can just go and stand in the comedy area but then if I do need to return to the sadness I can go and stand where it was sad before so I can really play with the emotions what that means is the audience kind of always knows on a very subtle subliminal subconscious level how they're supposed to feel about a certain thing yeah, does, that, it, does that really work? <clears throat> It really works. I'll tell you that the the evidence I got of spatial anchoring was this and this happened by accident and this is when I started to really look into why this happened. I remember I got booked for this gig for a huge uh, plumbing company in Belfast and I got booked through an agent and I got Put on the, on, on, on the flight, off I go, I land, I set up, do the sound check, all that sort of stuff. And there's probably about, I don't know, probably 300 plumbers or something like that in this room. And I'm supposed to be on at 9.30, quarter to 10, which is about sort of normal time for a corporate after dinner type thing for me. So I go down to the room and I'm all suited and booted and ready to go and they're not ready. And then I go away, I come back 20 minutes later, still they're not ready. I don't get put on until... 11.30 at night Whoa. and they're a bunch of
1: absolutely. Irish they're, they're plumbers gone. They're gone, who've had them? a
3: free bar since 6pm at 11.30 they're absolutely slaughtered they're just so drunk it's unbelievable so
1: not what Michael Murray uh, thinks about uh, that
3: oh yeah what does Michael Murray think about that
4: <laughs>
3: see
2: and that's, 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 that's <laughs> I think he said his mum and dad were Irish plumbers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, I, think, I think that's what he said I think
3: that's what he said so then what happened, I get on the, I get on stage and I do my opening line and somebody calls some abuse out at me so which is expected. I expected I totally expect it. I mean, before I walk on I'm thinking okay what are all my comebacks I, you know I'm going through all my lines so uh I remember I delivered the comeback whatever it was and as I walked as I, but before I did that, sorry. So the, the the insult comes from the audience, and I'm thinking I need as much time as I possibly can to think of the best comeback for this situation. Mm-hmm. So I walked from stage right to stage left. I slowly, so I slowly walked there confidently. I didn't like drop down and look like I just died. I uh, slowly walked over. I picked up my glass of water, took a long, slow swig of it, put it down, turned my head, and delivered my comeback. What that meant is, I had all the time from walking all the way across the stage, picking up the glass of water, drinking the glass of water, putting the glass of water down, to think of the best line.
2: Hmm. Now, that gave me one... Meanwhile, you look calm and in me... control. Exactly. Unflappable. like unflappable.
3: Unflappable, because I'm just like, really? is my attitude. It's like, really? So, what it meant, the next time somebody shouts something out... You do the same thing again. I do the same thing again. you psychologically... I'm training a specific area, area to mean right? something. But then what it means is, later in the show, I somebody shouts something out, and I just need to walk over to the glass, and, go, and I get a big laugh. No, yeah. I get a massive laugh. Yeah. But then the final the final time I did it was the best, which I thought, let me just see if I can do this. So a guy shouted something out. I mean, this happened throughout the show. Somebody else shouted something out at me. I just turned my head, looked at the glass, looked at the guy and said do you really want me to go over there? And the, and he was like, no, 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 no. And the whole <laughs> place laughed.
1: And I was done. Do you remember what the, the, the initial uh, heckle was and what your response was?
3: Um, yeah, it's, this is not very nice, but I can tell you what it was. So I walk on and I say, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. And I just, I just get that I can't even get my own first line up. And he said something like, oh, it's Ridian from The X Factor. <laughs> and this was like a short sort of, Larger guy with Midget brown with hair, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> with, with brown hair. This bloke. So I walked over, took my swig, and I said, "That's really nice coming from an overweight Gareth Gates." Right. Um, so that was the uh, that was the line that I gave him, and then from then on, it just went on. Did all his went,
1: friends go? Uh, yeah, because they're got. not used yeah. to him being yeah, got.
3: Because yeah. he was the funny guy in the company. Well, it- so and, and look, I and mean, what was funny about that, of most, was that at the end of it, my agent calls me the next day once I'd flown, once I'd got home, because it was one night and come back the next day, she said, we've just got the report from the event company. This was the funniest show they've ever seen. I didn't know you were a comedy mind reader. We're going to start booking you for all these (laughs) comedy gigs. And I was like, whoa! No, 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 don't do that. You know, it's lighthearted, but that's not it. So the lesson in all of this is just to think about what the different areas and zones on the stage, it doesn't need to be upstage, downstage, or left or right. It could be a physical thing. Mm. It could be just like, it might be a look you give, and what does that mean? So, what are the behaviors you're anchoring yeah. your audience to believe? So, therefore, you can use them to rely on
2: later. See, that's I think that's very clever, and it, it is something that I never considered. This is one of the things I really like about you know this this particular podcast. It seems like in mentalism, it, it, you know, in magic generally too, you get a lot of embellishments. A lot of people say things in a way that, you know, I mean, that was obviously straight and honest, but a lot of things, you know, I, I saw a post one time that was, just bought a new sports car and a Rolex. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and you get a bunch of embellishments where, you know, it's probably a second-hand Rolex, and it's certainly a second-hand sports car, like right. a 92 Miata or something like that. Well, or so, Ford Puma. Yeah. But, <laughs> a Ford Puma. Are they a real car? Yeah, I think
1: so. It's oh, not yeah. a sports car,
2: then. But my point is, it's it's who you listen to, and... and um. You know, a lot of people they'll put themselves forward. Yeah, uh, and, and I'm not saying that we're any better than anyone else. I'm no, just no, saying no, no. it's it's who your mentor is because you're only going to do the thing that your mentor can do. So if your mentor is not performing like Kennedy is, do you know what I mean? And can give you these bits of advice, you're never going to. You're I only going to That's go what you just it. said.
1: If, if you basically, I've never even thought of that before. Okay. I've I've learned from you,
2: and I'm sure I was. Yeah, that's what I'm you. saying. Oh,
1: okay. but that's only because you're actually on stage and you've experienced that. Yeah. So I can if you, just that by accident, yeah, if just if you, by if yeah. If
2: you'd never been on stage, and I had considered you a mentor, I'm only going to go as far in mentalism as you could take me, and that is going to mean that your your experience. There's a gap between experience and what needs to what yeah, needs to be learned. Yeah, and that's yeah. what that's what I think is kind of cool. Is is that here's a real opportunity to listen to people. That are are doing doing. this. So if you... Because I feel like... I feel like there's some guys out there that... How how did you put it, Looch? Their greatest... Well, there's a few
1: people out there. And the way I feel it is that their greatest um, feat, let's say, um, is creating the illusion that they are, you know, the all-seeing big performer, what are out there, week in, week out, earning thousands of pounds. And it's almost like the, the biggest trick that they've done in magic... It's, it's quite in the illusion that that's who they yeah. are.
2: Yeah. But yeah. It, it, it's really, and this is what, this is what upsets me about that is there are some people that would love to do this, yeah. but because they latch onto the wrong mentor, they spend, they, they, they have maybe a limited window of time where they think, right, I've got to do this or I've got to do a proper job. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and sort of get on with life. And, and because they've latched onto the wrong mentor, they end up losing a dream, that they've the, had. Yeah, and, the problem and is, like it's, it's
3: that whole thing of, are you learning from the people who are doing? Or are you learning from the people who are just teaching yeah. it?
2: If, if, I'm a, if I'm a carrot seed, because that's what my mentor is, I'm only going to be a carrot. But maybe right. I want to be a watermelon. Right. And I didn't know that I could have been a watermelon seed. Yeah. I, I don't know if this is a great analogy. It's a bloody <laughs> awful, <laughs> awful analogy. But, but, but you see what I'm saying? It I, it can only, I can absolutely. only be the thing that my teacher trains me to be. Yes,
3: Yes, absolutely. Totally, totally.
2: So I hope that was interesting. interest of, of yeah, no, you Yeah, no, I was fascinated by it.
3: All right, okay, okay, So let me just interrupt before we, before we get carried, up, carried away and I want to hear what Luch has to say as well. I want to just... Um, can we just go back to the... F- no, get away from
2: the laptop. <laughs> <laughs> I just... I no, just what is to... wrong with having nice, meaningful conversation? Don't, don't touch the button. Don't... Let's just Finish see if... It. Let's see. Atlas is still on the phone. Don't, don't raise the, the, the button.
5: B- b- ah! Oh, and the only other thing was... Um, where's that? There's one more thing he said. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, can you, um, hey, how long is this are, are, are you on the three mentalist podcast with, uh, <laughs> Kennedy? this is right here alive. at the
2: end of the call. Yeah. I thought this was probably uh, a wind up.
5: I'm sorry. This is, this is Jasper. Uh, I don't know if you know me. I'm the, the, I wondered how long you'd take to rumble. I'm turning off the, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I thought quite soon in,
2: but you know, you
0: never, you, <laughs> you never know.
5: I'm sorry. Well, I just you said, up, you never I, I know who with, they uh, could have I been just crazy. Concom. Do you know that? I don't know if you've ever seen me. I won't cock off. well beloved
3: by Michael Murray. Aye? <laughs> Michael Murray you
4: fucking love
3: it, He's just here yeah, like now, right? Like, I can't believe it. like yeah, fuck, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think he sounds more like Michael and Murray than Michael yeah, and Murray. Yeah, it does. I was for oh, a second, I was like, he I think we should Michael give on. Atlas a big round Three. of applause. Thank you, Atlas. Thank you. That was
2: absolute. There we go volume back down I'm, and it still goes for a little while i do end by calling the pair of you bastards so that's nice oh, that's yeah. not very nice that's not very nice at it's all it's very accurate though <laughs> oh. Oh. there we go well uh before
3: so anyway before we before we went into that um uh, thank you for being a good sport that was that was a lot of fun
2: well that was a good sport to a point i mean you heard the words in my mouth section so <laughs> <laughs>
3: revenge is sweet so uh so Luke, you've got a little bit of wisdom to impart
1: well, no, we we're just carrying on with the, uh, the previous section about talking about um, you know, sort of stagecraft and different bits. Of mm. One of the things that uh, you never really get heard uh, talking about is to be able to adapt on the fly. Yeah. So, for example, if you are in the heat of performance, uh, whether that's on stage or whether it's a close-up gig, and for whatever reason, I know you, you do your planning and you should be able to be aware of all circumstances, but sometimes things go wrong. Yeah. We're out of your control and you couldn't see coming for whatever reason. What do you do in those situations? You know, do you hold your hands up? And say, oh, okay, I've messed up. Which I suppose sometimes it's not it's not the the worst thing that you can do. But if there is a way out of that, you know, without uh, appearing that you've made a mistake, should you take it? It's something that I wanted to post you and see what you think.
2: I mean, if there's a way out, you should obviously take it. I think. Yeah, you know, I I think the interesting thing about performance is. No one knows where you're going with something until you get there. I said so, this all the time. Yeah, it's it's up to you to cue whether something's gone wrong and get flustered, or whether you carry on and decide everything is totally fine. Uh, and, and at that point the audience takes their cue from you.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So have you um let's see if anyone's had any experience of that. So I know yeah. you work primarily on stage. Mm. Atlas does a mix of the two, as do I. But is there anything that I can you've think, experienced on I can stage? think of
2: one right away. Um, I can think of your... You yeah. From Barron? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
3: I mean, I came up with a, a method for a magazine test because it all went pear-shaped. I was prepared to be on stage in my show at a castle in Newcastle. And I had, the audience were there. I'd handed out a pad of paper for someone to write down their star sign. I bring, up, I bring out a magazine. I talk about star signs. And my method for what I'm about to do, which is get somebody to draw a cross right next to the matching star sign for the person in the audience, my method fouls up. And then I go to my backup and it breaks as well. <laughs> like I, I was a professional at this point. And I should, I had a backup. So I had to literally piece by piece create a new method on the fly because there's no way out of this. I can't say, oh, because the trick hasn't even begun as far as they're concerned. Yeah, I yeah. set up a presentation, but I'm saying, you're thinking of your star sign. I have a magazine here. And it's, and now I know I don't have my method. I don't have a method anymore. So I'm now going to piece by piece work out how to make this happen. Okay. And I did it just step by step. I thought, right, I need to make a cross appear in the right place. I need to make this happen. I need to make this happen. And then it just turned out that it was, it just worked out so perfectly. And what's interesting about when that happens and you're forced to be creative like that is I ended up com- coming up with a method that I have never changed since so you have adopted
5: this method
3: I adopted adopt- I- it was
5: superior yeah because nothing can
3: go wrong there's, there's no there's no moving parts there's no gimmicks there's nothing you can take a pen take a magazine and that's all you need you don't you don't need to see the magazine beforehand nothing and I will say it's a really great magazine test well, thank you thank you and I think what's incredible though is I had two more performers of that show like the next night this was night 1 of a three night run and the next night and the following night from that I use that same method and I have ever since so it can force us to create interesting methods and sometimes we'll adopt them perfectly and permanently but we but
2: but oftentimes we'll just use that as the on the fly method. But, but, but I do want to point out that none of that would have happened had your mindset not been one of I'm a professional I've I can handle out. this and, <laughs> and I think when you're comfortable on stage that does sort of come because you realize you're the one leading them along this journey. They have no idea where you're going. Right. And if. Well, let me tell you another situation where
3: I didn't handle it so slickly, okay? And this was much earlier on. I was 18 years old. I remember I was in Salou in Spain doing some stuff at the House of Illusion, which you may oh, have heard this of. This was
1: last year then. Yeah,
3: right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do still look about 19. I mean. Your voice has just changed, it? It's just changed, yeah, yeah. And
2: congratulations. <laughs> <top>. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: uh So I'm out there and I'm doing this routine where I have a prediction of an image in an envelope. And I have a person on stage and I say, I want you to draw an image. I want you to let your image come to your mind and draw it. And hopefully it's going to match what i put in the envelope. And every other night, this person drew a boat. And they turned it around. It was a boat. I opened up the envelope and it's a picture of a boat. But this one night, I'm standing next to the lady. She's sitting on a really high stool. Not a stilt. That's different.
4: Okay.
3: Um, she's sitting on a really high stool and she starts drawing like a circle. Like a cat face or a smiley face. I'm thinking, well, I've got a picture of a boat in that envelope. I said, I need to make this happen. So what did I do? Well, I was using a handheld mic at the time. So I just dropped the mic by my side, gripped her shoulder quite tight, and said to her as I looked down at the pad, just draw a boat and you'll be fine. (laughs) And I just sort of stared at her as if to say, and if you don't, I'm going to knife you. (laughs) Uh, Is is how I felt about it. Was she a one-eyed (laughs) magician? She wasn't. And so uh, I said... Okay, I'll take that picture off you. She takes it off. I said, that was a trial run. Draw something else more specific this time. you end up drawing a boat, and the audience got the reaction. Uh, yes, I ended up instantly stooging this lady, but luckily, under those circumstances, it was all holidaymakers. So yeah. she would have gone back, told three people at most. I don't like that payoff most of the time. I, I, I don't like the fact that she knew that it wasn't all real mind reading, but I had to get the best thing I could out of it, which was that the other 80 people in the room... Yeah. You have to keep your right eye on the, uh, the bigger picture. On the bigger picture
1: sometimes. I went when mean, and said be comfortable on stage, but also completely um, being comfortable with your material, but knowing it inside out in order yeah. to be able to
3: And, and on that's only fly. going to come through doing it. I mean, it's of not course. going to come by yeah, sitting, it, typing on forums and sitting and writing books, which everyone's doing every three minutes now. And, yeah. you know, it's not going to come through doing that. It's going to come through going out there, do it until awful things
1: happen.
2: Yeah, 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 without a doubt. You know, it's it's the only way you learn and grow is to stretch yourself out of your comfort zone and think did i learn anything from that experience absolutely and, and, and it's not an it's not always pleasant no or or enjoyable but, but it's then, character building it's character yeah, building it, it it is it's character building
3: <laughs> you have an example
2: of when this sort of thing have happened to you were you about to tell a story about uh no, no i mean it, it's it's happened to me before um bottom line is i, I think Again, going back to mindset, I think that's that's key above all else. If you remember, I'm here to entertain them and have a good time, and you can be self-deprecating about your you know about your situation, they'll laugh and they'll enjoy it, and, and you can and you can move on. But the important thing is, they felt happy all the way through, and, and I think that's a that's a massive key and a massive. Component. And remember the outside abs- Sorry, go on. I, I was going to say I, I tend to plan to the point of this doesn't typically. Happen mm. Uh, mm. anymore in my show, and my all my stuff tends to be surefire. Surefire. I think what I'd like to discuss in a future episode. We don't
3: have enough time in, remaining in this episode, but I think it'd be really good to to talk about
1: um, whether you have outs for mm. things or not have outs for things. Well, I can I like can link in with this with Let's. the adapting on the fly. Um, Purely because it's a recent, recent thing. It was okay. last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always knew it was going to happen one day. <laughs> so I kind of planned for it at some okay. point for it to happen. But there was, a, there was a happenstance that occurred in the audience that I just grabbed hold of and ran with. Uh, and it in, enhanced the overall effect. I mean, this and it's essentially the with the, um, the, the mother of all book test. Okay. On stage, I use mother. Uh, close up, I use area. But on stage, I have uh, two copies of Mother, and it's the first, um, the first Mother of Hobartess, so yep. Mother of Hobartess Part One. And I have two people both choose a word, and in all the times I've done this, the um, the odds at some point that they were both going to choose the same word at yep. some point it's going to happen, mm-hmm. and up till last weekend it never happened. Um, And I set up the book test in a very nondescript way. I wasn't, you know, setting up that you're going to choose a word, I'm going to tell you what it is. I've just basically gone through, um, started the presentation. They've both chosen a word. When I did the initial pump and it became very obvious very early on that they're thinking of the same letter, at that point I knew I'd got my coincidence. Yes. Okay. Now, you can carry on doing your normal presentation. But straight away, you're going to make it as as transparent as hell that, oh, right, well, that book, there's something clearly wrong with it. So instead, I thought to myself, you know, um, I'm going to basically try some sort of crazy um, experiment in influence. So once I've established that, that's when I start setting out what the whole purpose of the routine was. And that so is... So until this point, you hadn't even defined the routine, which no, means you've got some leverage and some... Which some, is exactly some, yeah. what I was going to do. So now I said, you know, the whole point of this routine is to try and get inside two people's heads at the same time and get them to think of very similar thoughts. Now, sometimes when you've known each other for a long time, there's a certain element of rapport and understanding that you might have with each other. Uh, and the two people that we brought up are relatives, yes, and it was, uh, I think it was mother and daughter, uh, okay. mother and son or something like that. But either way, they were. They were uh, it was at a wedding, they were relatives. Uh, and I said, you know, you both got a word in mind and you've scanned these pages. And just for the sake of the audience, because there are some skeptical people out there, just confirm that, you know, I haven't just photocopied the same word over and over again in these books. These are from Waterstones. Yep, yep, yep. No problem. And for whatever reason, you both felt compelled to choose a specific word. Yes. Now, I'm going to write down on my pad the word that I was hoping to try and plant in your head. Okay. And I wrote down the word that I knew that they were thinking of because of the method. I then revealed it to the audience, the word word that I was hoping they were going to pick up on, which obviously, clearly, I knew they both had in mind, before I showed the two people. As soon as I showed... The audience for the word, a woman in the front row screamed out and shouted, Oh my god, I'm thinking of that word too. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know whether she was absolutely batshit crazy, Which but I do not care because now she has created and elevated this into an absolute miracle. Because it's really influenced you, yeah. made lots of people so like I've it. straight away gone, carried on, and said, You know. If these two people are going to be able to pick up on this word, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that someone in the audience could also do it as as well. And I think the more creative you are, the easier it is for you to pick up on this influence. So you're thinking of a word. These two are thinking of the word. In a nice loud voice, can you both name out the word that you're thinking of? They both came out of the word. The place went nuts and everything erupted. Phenomenal. And it's just because I'd thought about it. I knew it was going to happen at some point. um, And I decided to go with it when it did happen instead of crumbling.
2: And, and, and you aren't so rigid and inflexible in your presentation, so that was, that was something that could happen. You know, uh, yesterday I had that gig for Halifax. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a stage show out in the marquee. And it was gusty, and it was windy, and I didn't plan for that. No. Do you know what I mean? I, I thought, June, it's going to be a nice day out, it would be great. It wasn't. <laughs> it, it, was, it was very gusty. And I had to change nearly everything in my set, right there on the fly. Uh, which was which was obviously a massive, uh, massive thing. But again, how do you handle it? Do you do you take your attitude and think, right? I know enough, and I've prepared enough yeah. that I am now comfortable that I can change this entire show at the drop of a hat due to uh, environmental concerns around me yeah um, and and still have it be great and I got a, it was very nice I got a quote from him uh, this morning that said uh, first class entertainment how fast paint. it was yeah, great yeah.
3: so because you were adaptable you're yeah, be able to deliver a first class entertainment
2: yeah show. and because you again it's it's I think it's a combination combination of like Luke said being prepared for that moment yeah um, uh, and a combination of uh, like that, you that's said. The mindset. That, that, being, yeah, that I'm mindset gonna do of, this. I can do it because I, I have to do it. No one else is gonna do it. The nope. people are here for you. Right. You are the entertainment. And you've gotta get that, gotta get that done. Ooh.
3: The three mentalists would like to thank Michael Murray. From mindfx.co.uk For sponsoring this episode
2: of 3 Mentalists Walked Into a podcast. a podcast. And everyone, hang on, let's just point out, the reason this is free is because Michael sponsored it. So, take your custom to him.
0: The Virtual Prank Right. well, the
2: Virtual Prank last month uh, went over really well. I was, I was very pleased, um... Jacob Michaels apparently loved the attention. Uh, I, I, think, uh, I think he said his girlfriend was not going to be pleased, but that's okay, Jacob. There are obviously plenty more fish in the sea. <laughs> <Probably> <laughs> like, like my mum seems <laughs> to be tagged with every photo. With her. Uh, I, I don't think we're going to do a virtual prank this month. We've got something brewing, but we want it to be really special. So uh, we'll update you that on that uh, in the next episode. Well, the fact of the matter is, Ken and Luge made a huge mistake there. You see... I do the editing on the podcast, or at least I have for this episode, and Luch and Ken both wasted an hour and a half of my time. So, what I would like to do is propose a secret virtual prank. They won't know. They haven't listened to the episode yet. And in fact, by the time anyone hears this, it will have gone live. I would love it if any time Lucha Ken posted a picture on their Facebook page that you just tagged wonky-eyed midget into the photo. Again, they have no idea about this. This is our little secret. That's Whoa, it. That's, a wrap. Yeah. that's
3: it. The end. Episode two. Made it.
2: Nailed it. Nailed it. Now remember. Uh, I, I don't know that we nailed it. We certainly made it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we nailed it. we the coffee. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's the thing. I mean, I suppose in a way, it's a triumph. For friendship it is. <laughs> friends. are, are you still friends with us mentalist
4: friends, yeah. oh, well, I, friends. I think I, think I can friends. safely say
2: we're as friends as ever
3: we were <laughs> exactly now remember right below the ep- this episode on 3mentalist.com there is a comments box we really want to read your comments but please do remember if you want to be alerted when the next episode is ready Do subscribe using the boxes on the left-hand side there at 3mentalists.com. That's the only way
2: we'll be alerting people of the new episodes. And hey try and solve those cryptic clues I mean there's there's a, a decent little prize going yeah. all you have to do is figure out what three book titles we were referring to That's and of right.
3: course uh, remember submit your questions if you want to hear our opinions yeah. even if you know the
1: answer you just want to hear us talk about something if there's a feature you think we should be, uh, we should be including we read everything and no, you can get in contact with us on Twitter at 3mentalist yeah. uh, Facebook at and you can just search for Three Mentalists Walked Into a Podcast. And obviously
3: we've
2: got the website at, at three mentalists. threementalists.com. Dot com. I Sorry, I, th- thought, I thought you were going to do the Twitter, he was going to do the Facebook, oh. and I was going to do the website. Oh. I, I, I clearly am not uh, functioning Tough. part of the group. We
1: will work on our rapport for episode three. Episode three, coming with added rapport. Revenge of the Atlas. <laughs> Extra <laughs> rapport. No, I, I think New I, improved <laughs>
3: recipe with rapport. <laughs> with rapport, yeah. <laughs> We'll see you next
2: month.
0: We're see you later. Put
2: rapport in rapport.
0: <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Three Mentalists Walked Into a Podcast. You can interact with us at 3 In a recent
1: poll of Columbia Mentalists, we asked all three of them what is their most anticipated book of the year. They all said, well, actually, no, two of them said The Black Project, which is my uh, my new book, which is going to be coming out very, very soon. The other one said. But anyways, if you are wanting to get a free chapter of The Black Project, then you only have to head over to www.theblackproject.co.uk, enter your email address, and a free chapter will be sent straight to you. Uh, You'll then be added to the emailing list, and we will let you know as soon as the book comes out ready for (laughs) pre-order.
0: This episode is sponsored by Michael Murray's Mind Effects. Cutting-edge mentalism for the modern performer. Visit mindfx.co.uk.
4: F. S. D. Correct.